Oh, well, hello, everybody. It's happening once more. It's Wednesday. That can only mean one thing, that you've made it to the middle of your week. And that's the only thing that it can mean. I'm sure there's television on. You probably have your favorite radio show. The Shadow may be on. If it's shopping day, you may be going over the groceries that you have to purchase. Did you get those chicken cutlets? Are you a vegan? Is this portion of the warm-up upsetting to you? Oh my gosh, do you have to call your mother? You should call your mother. You should definitely call home and check in. What are you talking about? I'm just trying to make sure that our listeners are fostering positive interfamilial relationships and that they have a stocked fridge. It's Wednesday, John. Come no, on. But what was the shadow and the favorite radio? Pro- it sounded like it was back in time, but then, yeah. it, but then it wasn't. Yeah, I've said it a lot this over the past bunch of months. I'm watching a lot of Lost these days, John. So <laughs> I, I see. I see. There may be a polar bear in this episode of our podcast. I mean, I don't we get any flash sideways references. <laughs> By the way, this is Mad About Mad About You, your weekly Mad About You recap podcast. My name is Russ Fader. And I'm John Marbley. It is good to have you all here with us. Rise guys and rise gals alike. Welcome back. John, welcome back. Oh, thanks for having me. Oh, uh, a a delight. (laughs) It's a real treat to be asked back every week. I understand you've been... You've been working on a project? You've been working on a project? Yeah, I got, no. I got a new book. Uh, <laughs> a new book coming out, leading with my chin. Oh, no. <laughs> I got to get a new booker on this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he drove over here in my... Uh, you think that's an okay impression or bad? That's very good. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I never touch my Tonight Show money. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you i am guys, now i have a day job i don't touch a cent of it i pay all my <laughs> bills with this podcast and that's it i have to talk very briefly about what just happened because it happens sometimes and it's going to make you self-conscious so here we go it's fun every now and again john will take a sip of something and then he will laugh and when he does he sounds like frankenstein being startled by fire it makes me delighted <laughs> 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 Like, not that mean? time. Well, <laughs> you, you drank it, you silly. <laughs> oh, I laughed with my mouth though. With you, yes, the with your mouth liquid in full, my mouth. Your mouth will be full of water or oh, whatever. Okay, no, it's Lacroix. And then it's Lacroix, not a sponsor, but more than welcome. Well, yeah, sure. Let's get that sweet, sweet Lacroix money. Well, that semi-sweet, <laughs> semi-sweet. Yeah. Like the chocolate chip. The lightly flavored <laughs> LaCroix money. I haven't had it. Is LaCroix flavored like chocolate chips? No. You've never no, had I've LaCroix, never had... though? No, but this is a very L.A. conversation. LaCroix is a very L.A. drink? I think so. I know I've heard. You know I've it's just that... seltzer. <laughs> right? You know, I thought it was, but I was just like. You weren't even I hear... sure? No, I hear it spoken about wow. so often. Interesting. That. I was just like, I've never wanted to try it, but I've heard people talk about it. Just like, oh my God, I'm in love with LaCroix. Yeah, because people are idiots. It's seltzer. Yeah, I'm like, it sounds like seltzer, but people are freaking out about flavored seltzer. It couldn't be. They are, and they're morons. Wow. (laughs) None of you, though. None of you. None of you. You guys are great. You guys are the best. (laughs) I mean, other people. Other people. All of our fans who drink it and all of the people who work for LaCroix and are yeah. looking to give us money Very cool. for this show. Yeah, we'll be freaking best. out together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but between you and me, Russ, it's seltzer. Oh, seltzer. <laughs> 
with mostly weird flavors. Great. How are you doing? A good week? Yeah, sure. How about you? Also very good. Fantastic. Well, there we go. Anything to report? Moving on? Yeah. Great. Same. <laughs> no time for love, Dr. Jones. <laughs> this was a fun... Is that from Temple of Doom? It is. Is that short round? It is short round. <laughs> uh. What a PC reading of that line. I did my best. Well, I, you know, I was going to say, because they also quote it in Clerks, uh huh, which is probably where I pull it from more, but my reading was more PC than the reading in Clerks. So oh, I go. can imagine. Sure. <laughs> so oh, you're right. Russ, that's what's great about that movie. <laughs> oh. It's so raw and boring. So- <laughs> and boring. I loved Clerks so much. I loved Kevin Smith's stuff That's in high cool. school. Yeah. And then I grew up a little. <laughs> yeah. Happens to the best of us. If you love Kevin Smith listeners, I get it. But Oh, yeah, stop. yeah, yeah. And also, if you want to be a sponsor, Kevin Smith. Yeah. Podcast. If you're Kevin Smith, if you want to have us over on the Smodcast Network, that would be great. That would be so funny if it was just like comic book men, Hollywood babble on other Kevin Smith podcasts. And mad, also, about, mad about you? Yeah. <laughs> a mad about you recap podcast. That's not that different. You know what? You're probably not wrong. <laughs> so this episode of Mad About You was a lot of fun. Season two, episode three. Indeed. Is that episode that's 25 total? Correct. Yes? 25. 25. A quarter. What, yeah. A good old a 25. George Washington. A 25 cent piece. <laughs> John, what's the last thing you bought with a quarter? My car. Great deal. (laughs) You did really good. Oh, that is a great question, Russ. I think candy. I I think maybe like three, four boxes of lemon. Well, no, probably probably two boxes of lemon heads. Cool. And then I got a nickel back. Okay. That's really well done. Oh, thank you. I mean, yeah. Hey, I'm still living off those lemon heads. (laughs) (laughs) I got two boxes in the cupboard. I can't even, I can't believe they fit. Great work. What about oh, you? Oh, gosh. Well, you can't buy, you know, I was going to say a pack of gum, but those five stick packs of gum, those are 35 cents these days. Oh, really? What a ripoff. Yeah, it's ludicrous. You can so, get normal gum for like a dollar. Well, is it a dollar? Is it more now? Yeah, it's it's more than a dollar. Well, I also, I mean, look, walking around in New York and buying, you know, a pack of Orbit <laughs> gum is ridiculous. This is I this can't is, believe we're talking about this. <laughs> about buying gum. For this long <laughs> Does anyone else have a gum story? <laughs> Tweet at us. I remember what gum used to be. <laughs> John, you know Ten what the worst cents. part is? Yeah. I have a thing to do tonight. I'm in a rush. <sighs> and instead, yeah. I'm talking about gum into a microphone for people to listen yeah, to. Yeah, chew on that. <laughs> so Let's move into the show. Episode title is Bedfellows. Boom. Originally aired on September 30th, 1993. John, please. Tell me what the TV guide said. It's pretty. Well, let's see. I'm I haven't read it. I just copied and pasted it. <laughs> OK. Da, 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 da. Yeah. OK. This is a great one. This is a okay. good one. It's a little boring. All right. I prefer the restraint, though, quite honestly. Sure. Paul and Jamie stay with Paul's mother after his father has a heart attack. There you go. That's OK. Yeah, I, I can see what you're saying. A little it's light. A little on, boring. Um, there's, there's yeah, there's more. There's more to it than that. There are layers. Ugh, I'm mad now, though, because I'm like, have I been changed by the other writers like <laughs> criticized? But now I'm like, give me a little something to work with here. It's um the MTV generation. <laughs> It's a spectrum, you know yeah. what? There's no such there's no such thing as a perfect. There's always room for improvement. I need all those jump cuts also, in these. 
<laughs> also, you're impossible to please. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's it. Why can't we have Boz Lorman's TV Guide entries? Oh, a whole bunch. That of... would be too much. <laughs> too much? Yeah. So they'd just be <laughs> lyrics of pop songs that kind of relate to what happens on the show. <laughs> Tonight on Mad About You, Paul is living in a material world, and he is a material girl. <laughs> Uh, I'll buy an all-new episode of Seinfeld. <laughs> Where? <laughs> yeah, you do this one. George doesn't stop in the name of love. <laughs> Great. Perfect. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. What was... Uh, Speak- yeah. Well, no. I was going to tell you what was on... What was the must-hear TV for the night. Let me ask you. First of all... Yes, sir. What was on TV? Hey. <laughs> hey, Russ. Hey. hey what's yeah, on, hey, what's yeah, on TV tonight? You're watching NBC. <laughs> Well, I'm uh, funny, Ants. Me, I'm glad you asked me there. That's would, not going to keep happening. He would do that. What would he do? No, he wouldn't. Just give a setup like that? No, did they ever have a late night talk show host say... No, they didn't have him say what was on. It was just they were always on at the end of what was on. Yes. Followed by an all-new Tonight Show. Yes. They would never have them yes, yes. say, Tonight we got... That would be nice, though. Sure. That would make it like a whole block where you were like, Oh, but they wouldn't want to do it as their job, probably. I think you're right. But Fallon would be like the VJ for the night leading up to his main show you're creating a job for yourself now for me yeah you want to be the vj for for, no i'm saying the night the tonight show host would be tonight show host i like that i like that idea i don't know if they will but anyway get fallon on the phone yeah i don't know if they will once i let them know (laughs) the seinfeld episode of the night oh finally by the way you never share these well, I'm going to this time I because can't it wait. particularly it pertains to us and our podcast because it was the glasses which we spoke about just a few weeks ago. No kidding. Yeah, the what one did where we say George about it? loses his glasses. Well, we talked about how great it was where George loses his glasses and then he talks about being able to squint down raccoons. Oh, up that the side is of the that highway. episode. Yeah. Yeah. I was, was spotting those raccoons. Oh, I yeah. ugh. What a treat. It was really fun. What a treat for the viewer. Everybody loves it. When he buys ladies' glasses, glasses. right? Yes, yes, he does. I reference that episode constantly because isn't that the episode where Kramer gets Jerry the Commando 3000 air conditioner? It could be. I don't recall. The way he installs it is he just walks over to the... It's super big and heavy and he walks over to the window (laughs) and just sits it there and puts the chains down. (laughs) (laughs) Because I just installed my friend's air conditioner the other day and it is... Every time I do one of those, it is very stressful. Oh, yeah. Ooh, very stressful. It's bad news. Between uh, installing air conditioners, installing um, water coolers, like big big oh, bottles sounds, of water. Oh, that's a that is like, an impossible nightmare. Yeah, at the office where it's just like, hey Russ, would you mind putting the new water bottle on the water cooler? I'm like, I quit. I can't yeah, take this. This maybe is if the you most stressful. Doubled thing my salary at my job. <laughs> that is the most stressful thing by far. My old job was like that. It, it's like looking a uh, bull in the eyes or something. You know where you have to be like, you know what? I might die. <laughs> Yes. I, and I have to do yes. this. Yeah. You pray beforehand. Yeah. It's you versus the water. Uh-huh. And the only There's way to flamenco. succeed. Yeah. yeah. There's a fl- flamenco guitarist. Yeah. And then I always end up stabbing the bottle and it leaks everywhere. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Well, it's a barbaric tradition. Yeah. One way or the other. We need to put a stop to it. It's just being a water bottle. You know, we're the real animals. Yeah. <laughs> So, more fun than a barrel of glasses was... So, pretty much anything, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. On Fox at 9.30, oh, I've been so excited to talk about it. It's Herman's head. Oh, cool. Oh, you're you're let down. No, hold on. Here's the applause that would get. You are, you are vicious. You cut me to the quick. Is that a show people miss? It was fun. It's not a show people miss. It, no, I, nobody ever talks about it. I watched it like when it was on. Like this show. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, <laughs> I liked Herman's Head very much. I guess we found our new podcast. <laughs> yeah, I would totally talk I about know Herman's you would. Head every week. It's all in his head, right? Well, it's a little bit. It's not all in his head. Oh, okay. It's him out and about oh, living his life. Oh, no. And then every now, you know, something will happen. Voiceover? And you'll see. No, you'll go into his head and see what the four personality traits in his head. And they're all played by the situation. him? No, they're not. They're played by four different actors. This is very weird. It's like Inside Out. Did you see the Inside nope. Out? Nope. Pixar movie? Nope. It was great. It sounds too depressing. It was very. Well, it it wasn't depressing. It was incredibly sad. Yeah, what's the difference? But not, um, it was touching. Yeah, yeah. That's a very good yeah. distinction you made there. Well, thank you. I don't want to feel either one usually, though. <laughs> Great. Like, yeah, I, I'm happy I, to, but I don't seek it out. Sure. I appreciate the distinction, and I don't want either. <laughs> That's an interesting idea for a show. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Great, great cast. The lead was William Ragsdale, who turns up in things all the time and who I know from this and from Mannequin 2 on the move. Oh, great. <laughs> but he's always in stuff. He's great. Hank Azaria. What? Works in his office. Wait, they're all white guys? The boss is not a white guy. I thought it was like a black lead. Nope. Am I thinking nope. of Rock? Was that a show? ROC? Rock was a show with Charles S. Dutton. Yes, Charles S. Dutton. That's not Herman's Those, head? He's not Herman? That's He's not Herman. He's Rock. He's the titular rock. Okay. Yeah, I didn't. And I, I, yeah. I would. Oh, my God. I would love for Charles S. Dutton to play rock and for us to go inside of his head all the time. Yeah. That would be. I'll watch that show forever. I mean, I know it's not fair, but just looking at William Ragsdale, he seems cool. Nice. I don't care what's going on in his head, though. <laughs> well, he's an everyman, baby. Yeah. Yeah. You got to connect. Oh, this is so interesting. I uh, They must have been on at the same time or something. It was on at 9.30, so a little bit later, but yeah. Oh, but Rock was on at the same time? Oh, Rock Rock was on roughly the same time. I feel like it may have been on a little bit later, but uh, but yeah. Yeah, okay. I mean, I clearly I didn't watch yeah. either one. Fox was uh, yeah. a little dirty for the house. Sure. Jane Sibbett was in the show. Oh. Ring a bell? Nope. She played Carol on Friends. Oh. Yeah. Okay. She's great. Yeah, she's great. She was Ross's ex-wife. And Yardley Smith. I was really more of a Susan guy. Show. Oh, that's right. Did I? Jessica oh, Hex um... played Susan. Okay, great. I got screwy in my head. And she yes. was on the single uh, guy. She was on the single guy. Oh, I wasn't really a Carol ne- guy. John, I'm telling you right now, that is our next podcast. <laughs> hey, would that we could. It's not available <laughs> anywhere. I've tried once a year for the last 15 years to find it. Time to start writing letters. There's one episode. Yeah, let's get that Twitter <laughs> thing moving. <laughs> <laughs> let's get jonathan silverman on the horn for sure yardley smith was also in herman's head oh really oh wait yeah is that towards wait who's that lisa simpson okay yeah cool she plays a co-worker wow i have i'm sorry i have no emotional reaction to any of this information so far yeah that's very funny and interesting where i'm just like i'm telling you things and you're like okay i'm absorbing that yeah, isn't that fact. funny it's like i'm reading a textbook to you yeah i feel <laughs> nothing keep going <laughs> Yeah, and the episode was called When Hermie Met Crawford's Daughter. Yeah, I, okay. <laughs> so? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Who's Hermie? And that's I his don't nickname? Like this bit, John. That, well, that's his nickname for the purposes of doing a play on When Harry Met Sally. But shouldn't it be Har- That is a. That's not, no, it's not good. When Hermie met who? Crawford's daughter. He's dating the boss. It's not daughter. really a play on when Harry met Sally, is it? Yes. But you understand <laughs> that it is terrible? Yes, I do. There's almost no similarity between those right. two names. Yes. 
you have to really sit down and think about it. You have to sit down and think, why would they call him Hermie? And that, like, I really did have to back my way into realizing why they oh, did excuse it. Excuse me, miss. Did you say your name was Crawford's daughter? Oh, no, you must have misheard me. It's Sally. <laughs> I get those mixed up, too. They're so similar. And your name oh, was Harry? Man. No, Hermie. No, no, it's Hermie. Harmie? No, no. Hermie. N- n- no. All the vowels are different. That's why I must be here. <laughs> Look, it was very hard to write this episode, so they had to really phone in the titling. Do you remember that it's a play on that because you remember the episode? Well, I watched the episode. <gasps> oh, that's always the little <laughs> it's always the but little carrot at like, the end of one of these stories. <laughs> but look, I'll tell you, watching the episode, it's not like you watch the episode and it keeps on getting, you know, there's no interstitials of old couples talking about when they met each other. <laughs> you know, there's no Harry Connick Jr. piano playing through it all which is another thing that happens in when harry met sally i can't tell if there's disdain in your voice no i'm just saying like i watched it but it's not like i watched the episode and i was like you know what after watching this i can understand why they called it right when hermie met crawford's daughter how do you no, know I was just able- it's a play then because it is oh okay <laughs> because that's the only reason why you would call him hermie because it's vaguely like harry and it's I- and that's what happened Okay, I trust you because you know the show. I don't, but it sounds like also just a nickname for a guy named Herman. Hermie. Yeah, but they, but that's why they call it that, John. Yeah, but not they because didn't. of Harry. <laughs> yes. Like if when Harry met Sally didn't exist at all in the universe, I still think right. this would be an appropriate episode title. No, it might be appropriate, but they wouldn't come up with it. They would never. They would never think of putting these four words in that order. <laughs> if you put ten apes in in a cage. <laughs> They'll they'll come up with Hamlet before they come up with when Hermie met Crawford's daughter. Also, that's five words, not four words. But yeah, it's a weird episode. It's a fun episode. Crawford's daughter shows up in the first. She's coming out to seduce him and she's wearing a nightgown or she's wearing sexy lingerie rather. And it gets a woo from the audience like it's saved by the bell or something. Yeah, it's Fox. Yep. It's early Fox. It's pretty great. There were a few very funny scenes in this episode. I'll talk about one and then we'll talk about the news. Where they they have this little bit where Crawford shows up and Crawford is the big man in charge and he comes in and he's all blustery and he's just and he says to the African American gentleman whose name I cannot remember the boss in charge of their little department and he's just like did you get my message <laughs> and he says yes I did sir I was going and he's like did you call me back well no well when you when I call you I expect you to call me back and he's like. Well, you're here now. He's like, I expect you to call me back. And so he, he calls he him. Has, he calls him right there. Or he yeah. has Lisa Simpson call right there. And she says, you know, what do you want me to say? And he says it, you know, tell him that I'm returning your call and he can call me back at any time. Uh-huh. And then she says that into the phone. And then they start talking for a second. Oh, and then fun. and then Crawford's beeper goes off. Uh-huh. And he says, can I use your phone, please? I need to check my message. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty funny. It was really fun. Yeah. I have no problem with that. Yeah. And yeah, the rest of the episode was fine. Typical, you know, dumb sitcom as far as overprotective father with the daughter and, you know, the the people in the head. Yeah. Crawford is the boss. Herman's dating his daughter. Oh, I forgot to mention. She's played by Meg Ryan and her best friend is played by Carrie Fisher. Do you think that has anything to do with the title? Did I forget to? It's very funny. (laughs) I've had a long day and I almost... I... I... (laughs) I believed it before I thought about it. (laughs) Very funny. Well, good. I was like, Meg Ryan, was it that long ago? Oh, and Carrie, wow. Oh. (laughs) 
you can make jokes that aren't jokes at all in general, but specifically like in his head, the actress who plays like the heart, mm-hmm. the heart of the head is talking to the lust and it's just like we need to meet her dad and he's like no i don't want to and then she just says until you agree to meet her dad i'm gonna speak in a cockney accent and then she just goes hello governor all right you chip fish and chips like just until he says until he just says all right fine i would have too yeah oh it's super annoying but it's also just like it comes out of absolutely nowhere it's just a matter of just like oh i'm going to annoy you apropos of nothing and well uh, no annoy him to get him to meet with the to do what something with the girl i don't know meet the parents yeah he's gonna meet the parents yeah you know what you've convinced me it's a perfect show yeah it sounds completely justified at least (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is true. You're the one who loves the show. I do. I do love the show. I'm going to watch it again next week, and I'm hooked. I'm back in on Herman's head. You're going to love it, too. Boy, if you could just see what the four actors in my head are doing right now. <laughs> bloop, 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 bloop. <laughs> I roll, I roll, I roll, I roll. <laughs> Russ sucks. No, I might watch one. They I might. You got me. You definitely got me curious. I think you'd. Uh... I guess I'll watch that episode, too, because then we can yeah, uh, discuss it. That'd be great. I think it's worthwhile. It's worth your 22 minutes. Sure. Um, What was in the news? From WNBC-TV, this is News 4 New York with Chuck Scarborough and Pat Harper. Well, this week I did a little different research than normal. Okay. Because I found that whole repository of New York magazines on Google. Cool. So I went through the New York magazine from September 20th, 1993. Great. And as a result, the news is way broader than New York City news. Because <laughs> while it's a New York magazine, it's mostly sure. a New York take on, on other stuff. <laughs> and you know what? Live with it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you care so much what happened? Go do your own research. Yeah. yeah. Are you talking to me or the listeners? I don't care. <laughs> Whoever's right. listening. No, actually, it's a good mix. I got a, I got a mix. I got a couple New York stories and a couple non-New York stories. Great. Dateline. Do, 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 do. Go ahead. Calvin floored by Barney's birth. Another top designer has a beef with Barney's over its big new Madison Avenue store. The Uh-oh. retailer, which opened its new branch in Midtown this month, has already infuriated Giorgio Armani, who agreed to sell his clothes at the new location only after a Swiss tribunal ordered him to. Oh, my goodness. Don't know what that's about. Now, says a source, Calvin Klein is, quote, furious over where his women's wear boutique has been placed in the new store. Quote, all the major names like Donna Karen, Bill Blass. How do you say it? Gavenshi? You know, the one that looks like Gavenshi, but they say like it's not Yiddish, though. So, <laughs> Givenchy? I don't know. They said it right on a Sex in the City episode once, and I forget how they did it. I also don't know, but I like both of what you said. Yeah, Givenchy? Givenchy. <laughs> You say it while shrugging. Yeah, but it's a good uh, suit. (laughs) (laughs) Givenchy. Gesundheit. (laughs) Are on the third and fourth floors where Calvin rightly feels his clothing belongs. He has been placed on the fifth floor with all the career and private label clothing and is really upset with the pressmen's who are the owners of Barney's. That's a slap in the face. Yeah. And they came back and said, that's where the clothes belong. Oh, my. He sells better to working women than to the, quote, ladies who lunch crowd. He might not like it, but that's reality. This is great. Can you believe it? It's so dramatic. And I get it, though. Yeah, for sure. 
I never thought about where brands are placed in a store. I never did either. And part of me is just like, I don't know why they're taking it so he's taking it so personally. But the other part of me is just like, oh, no, I totally get well between taking it personally and also business wise. That right. would be completely infuriating. It cheapens it to just work clothes. Uh-huh. Though, I got to say, Calvin, <laughs> I kind of agree <laughs> with, with Barney's. <laughs> hey, look, all I know is that Marty McFly's fake name was Calvin Klein. Oh, right. Yeah. That can't be said for anybody else. So I think maybe, though, I also... Frankly, he should be front and center. Don't you think we think of it as business clothes because that's how we know them? But this decision was made, maybe... The reason we think that is because this decision was made at that time. Interesting. I wonder what ripples which, from the which pebble. Which came first. Yeah. This, yeah. From the Barney's real, pebble. Yeah. We got a real Barney fly effect. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Dateline. It's, it's fun to watch you hate those and then, and then like really them. Like yeah. Them. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Go ahead. Rodent tail. A fake article is making the rounds of the city's newsrooms. The story being faxed all over town, which purports to be off the UPI wire, describes two Lake City, Florida men who were, quote, seriously injured when a, quote, deviant, dangerous and highly illegal sexual practice involving a gerbil went awry. Okay. Well, we had nothing to do with that, said a UPI spokesman. That story never went over the wire. From what I can gather, someone had access to a blank newswire computer and printed it up. It appears to have been a hoax. This is funny because when you started talking about it, I was going to comment on how it's fake news. And now I'm very excited that the fake news is also about gerbiling. So this is just... Yeah. Do you think it probably existed as a hoax before this and this just like made it mainstream for a day? Probably. This isn't where that comes from, this prank. Between this and Richard Gere, I think that took but care of But the Richard Gere thing's another hoax, obviously. Who knows uh, where hoaxes are Guys, yeah, we've kept it under wraps, but Russ is a big like gerbil truther. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Look, most annoying thing. Jet fuel can't melt steel gerbils. Oh, is all I'm boy, saying. Okay, okay. Dateline. <laughs> <laughs> do, do, do. Go ahead. Night Vision. When he was 23, Steven Spielberg went from film school to directing the first episode of Columbo. What? Oh wow! I didn't. <laughs> wow, that's that's the story I watched. That's great. That's not what the story's about. That's interesting. He directed the pilot of Columbo? I believe it. That's amazing. At 23, no less? At 23. Oh, go to hell, Steven Spielberg. Also, just proof everyone starts in TV. Yeah, like all, You know, almost. <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan, also 23, may have gone his idol one better. Three months after graduating from NYU's film school, Shyamalan traveled to his family's hometown of Madras, India, to shoot his debut feature, Praying with anger. Wait, this is a 1993 article about M. Night Shyamalan? Yeah. Way, wow. I mean, way to like get, keep your street cred, New York Magazine. You are wow. way ahead of the curve on this Very one. Very much. Yeah. And he, Holy cow. Yeah, it's this young photo of him and just this profile about his life at NYU. <laughs> And then making his first movie. That's awesome. During his spare time at NYU, he wrote seven screenplays, all of which went unproduced. Blah, 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 blah. Failures did provide him with a network of investors, some of whom eventually offered him $750,000 to make a movie. But where could he shoot so cheaply? India. There you go. He wound Before up shooting he with the only sync sound camera in India and a crew that didn't speak English. Worse yet, since most Indian films are post-dubbed, the crew habitually made noise during the takes. That's funny. <laughs> oh, I would kill to see a movie about this movie being made. No, yeah, yes. Or is it or just the uncut? Yeah, right. <laughs> the unedited version of just people just talking and yeah, doing right. whatever. Okay, quiet on the set. No. 
Yeah. <laughs> what do you say? I don't know. Anyway, I, don't I was I was at Barney's the other day and. <laughs> you will not believe yeah. where I found Calvin Klein's stuff. Shyamalan was horrified when he saw the first dailies. There were green scratches everywhere, he says. So he pulled the film from the lab. From then on, he shot blind, meaning he didn't look at a single other frame of film till he got back to New York after they were done shooting. Another classic Shyamalan twist ending. Yeah. Next, Shyamalan, yeah, I mean, his career is the biggest twist of all. <laughs> but he's back with Split, which to me is the greatest redemption story in the world. I haven't seen Split. Is it good? No, I, I haven't either. It looks too scary. It's terrifying. The trailer's terrifying. Too scary for you? Yeah. I just saw the grosses. <laughs> I love saying that. <laughs> in my daily variety, I saw the grosses. <laughs> and they were great. <laughs> hey, oh, my God. Well, just because, you know, IMDb tells you what, you know, it tells you like the top movies. Sure. And it tells you, you know, what it cost and what it made. And the, the numbers were very, very different in the right way. Cool. And I'm like, good, because everyone was good just job. taking dumps all over him for no, you know, just give me a few flops. And now he's back, baby. <laughs> I, it's good to see him back. I saw some of those bad movies. I didn't. I, I only really didn't like The Happening. And oh, even I that did. Was, that was the one the I didn't happening like. The yeah. Happening was so terrible that it was almost, I almost couldn't believe it. Same. So I was just like, okay, well, it's a story now. Yeah, and it's like, you know what? We'll be in touch. <laughs> Next, Shyamalan contracted food poisoning. He continued filming with a 102-degree fever, stopping only to vomit between takes. Mm, Boy, if this story it. got back out again. He, <laughs> like, he's such a badass Yeah. in this story. As it would happen, the camera broke down that same day. Quote, everything you have shot so far may be black, the camera engineer told him. Or going to black, or intermittently black. At least he gave oh, a geez. lot of options, the director says now. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. That's yeah, a good bit. It is. It all worked out. And then according to this article, he's working on a second movie, a psychological thriller called The Black Sheep, which he insists will be shot in the United States. Now, I went to IMDb and I did not see that movie. So who knows? It could have been renamed or never made it out. What was his first film? Praying in Anger. No, I'm sorry, not this one. What's the, the his big second hit? film? The Sixth Sense? No, no, no. Was there anything between Praying in Anger there and were. The Sixth Sense? But I, I wasn't few, aware of them. I feel like, I think there was like a... I want to say there was like a kids movie in there or something like that. I could be wrong. Oh, no, you're right. Very. Yeah. Wow, Russ, very good. It was Stuart Little and Wide Awake. Wide Awake looks like a kids movie. Too, a kid, well, kind of. Okay. Stuart Little. <laughs> a psychological Oh, Stuart Little was after six. Movie. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, because it's got a goofy. Oh, yeah. No, a 10-year-old boy goes on a search for God after his grandfather dies. Okay. Yeah, that's a kids yeah, movie from 98. For kids. <laughs> yeah. Searching for God. Cool. Isn't that what you said? No. Well, I said I meant like a children's. Yeah, you know what? Both of those work. It's PG. Take- it's not like a rated yeah. R movie about a 10-year-old. It's not Sleepers. <laughs> it's not- <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> it's not a revenge tale against a priest. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, ooh. lolly. Anyone who's John? <laughs> oh, are you kidding? I'm just going to scrape at the surface. No, well, I'll wrap it up dig fast. A l- dig a little deeper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Da- this one's interesting. Dateline. It doesn't matter. Cranes are flying. It's called The Cranes Are Flying. For more than okay, so you all know you all know you maybe you do you know the Crane Theater though you know the Crane Theater on Fourth Street in the East Village okay you know KGB Bar yes and the Crane Theater name. underneath it where the Neo Futurists perform still even yes, every okay. week you know sure and yes, yes, we yes, probably yes, yes. maybe did some improv shows there maybe probably. not I don't know 
Great. For more than 70 years, the red brick tenement at 85 East 4th Street was the gathering place of a discreet group of Ukrainians who professed undying devotion to the literature of their homeland. But the gently named Crane Society was, in fact, a front for the Communist Party, hmm. which I guess makes sense. That's why that whole building's very Russian, but the history's very real. For decades, it was a front for the Communist Party. Wow. And that's why it's called the KGB bar. Oh, that's, oh, that's pretty... Yeah, I, I mean, I'm like in in retrospect, that's pretty neat. It is uh, the so that KGB yeah. bar opened according to this article last spring. So you know, in '93, cool. I guess, okay. or '92. Oh no, '93. Yeah. <laughs> Question. <laughs> yeah, '92 or '93. No, no, no. Have you ever tried Russian gum? <laughs> I haven't. Have you? No, no, I haven't. I just. I bet it's great. I wish you had, because like I was curious. Like, like a borscht gum. Oh, yeah, like a good. beet, like a gummy beet. Like a gum, oh my. Uh, mm. Beet-based gum. <laughs> <laughs> Back to it. Oh, oh, or a nice chewy pickle. <laughs> nice tangy piece of bubble gum. I finally figured out the flavor of this guy. <laughs> it's a little low many. <laughs> Back to Seinfeld. Yeah, so it's a new bar. It's an article about a new bar. Okay, go check it out. It's still there. KGB bar. That <laughs> should be, if there, we ever yes. do a tour, where the tour ends. We'll add it. Yeah, for sure. And then, if this. Oh, so this is more about, like, life <laughs> in 93. I just, is there a thing where people are like, boy, 93 was a great year for movies, or did I make that up? I know 94 was great. I mean, because, you know. Was, 94 was Shawshank and... Forrest Gump and Pulp Fiction and something else that's wonderful that I can't remember. Those, okay, I hear you. I think, I think maybe Crimes and Misdemeanors. Like, it was a big year for movies. In that's 94. like, I don't. Are those big movies, all of them? Yeah. At the moment, in the moment, Crimes and Misdemeanors was. <laughs> Crimes and Misdemeanors, I think, did well. Wow. It's certainly well respected. Well, okay, I don't care. Listen to this list. <laughs> I was hoping Great. you were going to say no. <laughs> <laughs> this I think this I could say no. I, no, no. I think this list is more impressive. Great. But more knock ma- me out, John. No, more mainstream impressive. You know what I mean? Okay. Like no, all the well, ones you listed feel a little like a little like if you were in film school. Okay. Hits right? Well, yeah. The sleeper cool kid hit of uh Forrest Gump. No, the, excuse the, me. The, besides that one, the other twelve <laughs> you named. Sure. Was Pulp Fiction like a huge mainstream hit? I mean it was an indie film, but it, it made it it did very, very well in the mainstream, which is why we have a career for Quentin Tarantino right now. Okay. Well listen to these movies, okay? <laughs> Don't be oh uh, I broke your heart. No, these are pretty good too. Who cares? Dave. Dave <laughs> 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 the Firm, Free Willy, The Fugitive, In the Line of Fire. <laughs> now I'm realizing how specific these are to my interests. What's the category? Because awesome mainstream <laughs> 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 Was In the Line of Fire not a huge hit? So if we were playing $25,000 Pyramid... <laughs> Kenneth Branagh's much ado about nothing. You'd be saying, you'd be looking at me and saying, Dave, in the line of fire. (laughs) Yeah, and you'd be saying to me, crimes and misdemeanors. And you'd want me to be like, awesome mainstream movies. Yeah, that's (laughs) correct. Well, hold on now. Excuse me. Joy Luck Club. Jurassic (laughs) (laughs) Park. That was big. I'm sorry. I cut you off before you got to Joy Luck Club. I totally would have gotten it if you had gotten to Joy Luck Club. Okay. Hey, have you heard of this indie hit, Jurassic Park? That movie's awesome. From the director of Columbo? <laughs> Manhattan. Oh, this will strike your little hit meter, Manhattan Murder Mystery. Ooh, that is a good Starring, one. Starring, what's his name? 
what's his name? Adler. That's Alan Alda, right? Yeah, no. Oh, Jer- is Jerry Adler in Jerry that? Adler's in it. Uh, one of the main characters. Awesome. I think the murderer, because it's his wife that dies, and I think it turns out he killed her. Rising Sun? <laughs> Wasn't that thick? No? No? I don't remember it. You know what it is, it right? It could have been. No, I don't. Wesley Snipes and Sean Connery? That Well, then it must have been big. Yeah. No, really. Those are two huge movie stars. It, it is, and they are, and I don't remember the The movie. Real McCoy, Val Kilmer, Kim Basinger? Okay. You remember that one? That. I remember Robin that Hood, existed. Men in Tights, heard of that one? Yes, I do know that I mean, can you believe well. he's searching for Bobby Fischer? Remember, that? these are all out at the same time. Sleepless these in are, Seattle, Undercover Blues, are... True Romance, remember that one? Surf Ninjas, fine, but, you know, okay. <laughs> oh, a movie called Split, interestingly enough. Not the same. Oh, wow. Yeah, di- very different. This one's about the drag scene. And Salvador Dali. I don't know. What's Love Got to Do With It? Wasn't that a big one? That was reasonably big, I think. Okay. That did well. well. You know Angela what? Bassett won. I think Angela Bassett won. No, she, she oh, was nominated. Strictly Ballroom? Okay, so I half made I my think, point. Okay. I, yeah, I think we've gotten into just, hey, what are all of the movies that were released in Those that Those are year? pretty good. <laughs> Those are pretty good movies, I think. There are some college movies in there, if I'm... (laughs) Hey, I didn't mean that in a pejorative way. (laughs) I'll take the compliment. Thank you. I agree. (laughs) And this is the last little piece, though, you know, I probably should have picked out some fun ones. Oh, boy. Be still my heart. I'm in the personal section, my friend, of the 1993 New York Magazine, and I just scrolled by one that said Sondheim, Shakespeare, and Seinfeld. Sounds like something I would have placed when I was 26, like this person. Okay, okay. Boy, 26 meant so much more back then than it did when I was 26. I think. I think I know what you mean, and I think you're probably right. We wouldn't have turned to a personal ad at 26. Like, no one I know at 26 would have. You know what I mean? Well, personal ads are now online dating. Yeah. Oh, I guess maybe. Yeah, okay. I think people were online dating in 26. I'm a mature 26. You sure are. (laughs) With all, because also they have to be succinct because they pay by the line, you know? (laughs) Right. No frothy, florid TV guide style language. Yeah. Oh, that guy would be shelling out a fortune (laughs) (laughs) trying to meet a girl. A non-smoking Ivy MFA on the Upper West Side who is quick-witted, sensitive, and an incurable romantic. Looking for a cultured, warm, challenging, beautiful woman with a great sense of humor. Someone sophisticated, thin, and who normally wouldn't answer one of these. Oh, that is the most obnoxious. This is the worst. Yeah, you placed it, you idiot. What do you who what kind of prize do you think you are? Is there a phone number? I want to harass this person right now. Oh, these are so annoying now that I'm reading these. (laughs) Oh, these guys. This one says Kim Basinger style. Awful. Oh, Oh, wait. Oh, no, that's the woman. Pl- Wait, oh, maybe the, oh, am I in the, oh, no, it's mixed. Okay, this one is a okay. woman placing one for a man. Jewish, yeah. stunning, smart, passionate, irresistible. <laughs> <laughs> Looking for a special, scintillating, honest, successful man who won't be intimidated. Wow. Looking like Richard Gere. Look like Richard Gere. Oh, boy. Okay. Look okay. like Richard Gere. Feel sure. like James Dean, which doesn't sound like a what? good thing to me. No. Wouldn't you want to uh, look yeah. like James Dean and feel like Richard Gere? Probably. Because one was a mess, uh, was right? reckless. And one was <laughs> yeah. a, a calm Buddhist. <laughs> 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 yeah, get your priorities straight. And then this one, Russ, this is the last one. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll close with this. This is adorable. This takes up a, like a big part of the personal page. Okay. Like a good 20%. Sure. Successful psychiatrist. Mid-50s, 5'7" average looks, likes Freud, neatness, and 70s fashion. If you are seeking a loyal friend, I'm your man. Looks are of no concern to me. I have a slight, um, 
Well, a uh, slight stammer. If you'd like to get together or even see me every night, please call 1-800-OK-CABLE. The Bob Newhart Show, every night on Channel 6. Nick at Night, classic TV. Great. Isn't that the most fun ad? Love it. This is great. Because it started with me looking at it being like, what rich guy bought like <laughs> a huge personal ad? A company. Yeah. <laughs> Bob Newhart, that's what rich guy. <laughs> yeah, so this will I'll try to mix them up more next time, but it's pretty fun to go through. Um, yeah, now we're in the driver's seat of someone in 93 looking sure. at the world as opposed Let's to see. we're in it now. <laughs> you know what? If we can make a love connection, you know, through, oh. through this podcast and through the ages of time years later and of time. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see if we can't do it. What if we? Oh, boy, I could just see the personal now. Subway hero, as called by some <laughs> who it turns out wouldn't have stepped in the way I humbly did when I saved that woman's life on the subway a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Looking for someone not as good as me, but decently human. But- <laughs> Which is defined as someone like me. Yeah, looking for someone who's just normal and fine, (laughs) but, you know, just a a stunning person (laughs) inside and out. Like me and everybody, I am assuming. Uh, Great. Anyway, that's the news that's fit to print this week. I love it. I love it, John. Let's get into the show. It took a little long, didn't it? It did. I think we went maybe a little bit long, but that's okay. Okay, well, that's That's, life, kids. We're going to zip along here. It's going to be great. Zippity-doo-dah. Zippity-doo-dah. Well, this episode, directed by Tommy Schlamme and written, we haven't had this in a while, by Danny Jacobson. Yeah. Co-creator of the show. Yeah. Very cool. A solo. A solo. Played on a... Oh, never mind. Played on a solo saxophone? Yeah. (laughs) You were going Miss Saigon on it? Yeah, but it's not a solo played on a solo saxophone. No, that's terrible writing. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) You know what we got? A solo saxophone song played on a solo saxophone. (laughs) It's getting more clunky. (laughs) I disagree. Cold open. (laughs) So we're in the living room. It's night. Right. Jamie's on the couch with Murray watching a movie, which I feel like we don't see that often. We do not. She reads. Yes. What a treat. She's enjoying a real tearjerker. Yes. Are you familiar with this film? No. It's called In a Lonely Place, starring Humphrey Bogart. Did you have to look this up? It sounded familiar. Uh Uh-huh. So I Googled the, yeah, I Googled the line and then Uh I found it and I was like, oh, I've seen this. Well done. It played at the film forum like a year ago, maybe. Oh, cool. I saw it with our buddy uh, Charles. Oh, great. I did an open mic stand-up set at the Creek in the Cave last weekend, and he wasn't there, but oh. but the hosts <laughs> mentioned him. Oh, gosh. All like, right. in their banter. Cool. And I was just like, I know Charles. Hi, Charles Gould. Hey, Charles Gould. First shout-out to you, I mean, anyway, on, continue. The, on this. <laughs> anyway, it's called <laughs> From a Lonely Place. We'll play a little clip here. This is the clip Jamie's watching. I was born when she kissed me. I died when she left me. I lived a few weeks while she loved me. Like it. What is it? I I want to put it in the script. I I don't know quite where. Boy, Russ, I wish I could share it with you. (laughs) No, I'm sure it's great. But it's beautiful. He's crying already. It's a noir mystery Mm -hmm. film about a screenwriter played by Humphrey Bogart. It's set in old Hollywood in the 40s. And his neighbor and him are just getting to know each other romantically when the police start questioning him about his involvement in the murder of a girl he met once. So as the audience, you don't know if he's a killer or not. And he starts acting a little weird and like you start seeing different sides of his personality and like some of them are a little violent or scary. Sure. 
and like you don't know if he's holding the secret the whole movie and i don't even remember how it ends to be honest (laughs) that's a great john don't even don't don't tell me don't tell me you have hooked me it's a great great movie it's a it's a classic anyway check it out yeah about the things you saw. So she's watching this beautiful movie, and she hears Paul singing what Russ is singing in the ba- in like the other room. Mm-hmm. And do you know what that is? Do I? A little hit called "Wooly Bully." That's exactly what it is. Can you believe I got a music thing right? I kind of cannot. Uh, well, I did Google it only because I didn't know the name, but you know what I recognize That's it fine. from? I do not. I think this might have come up on the show, and you didn't know what I was is talking mi- about. I'm pretty sure it's in Mr. Holland's Opus. I could be wrong about that. I think you probably... you're. I think you're very wrong about that. Okay, if I'm wrong about that, I'm only a little wrong about that. Yeah, there's a, so, there's a there's several <laughs> songs very close to Willie Bully and Mr. Holland's Opus. Yes. Just not that yes. exact. Song. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, you know what? No, yeah, Louie Louie is in Mr. Holland's uh, Opus, not Willie Bully. Wait, Bully. really? So yes, so I'm pretty close. Wait, really, really? Yes. There's a song called Louie Louie. Louie Louie. Oh, oh, now we gotta go. Oh, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, is in yeah, Mr. Yeah. yeah, I love yeah. Mr. Holland's opus. Me too. Beautiful, 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 Cole. Oh, oh, now I'm crying. Yeah, John. ooh, baby. Anyway, what were you going to say? Oh, the great chipmunk adventure. <laughs> okay. Do you think he means wooly bully? Well, it's worth a try. Uno. From the 80s? From the 90s? Yeah, from the early 90s. It's around the world in 80 days with the chipmunk boys versus the chipmunk girls. Do you remember this? Sure. I've never seen it beginning to end, but yes, I remember it being a thing. Well, this is. I might have seen it. I might have seen it. It feels like it might have been like a birthday party movie. Well, it's, yeah, it's the kind of movie where like you could just have it on, right? Yeah, especially back then because like every kid knew all the parts. You know, it was like, sure. it's like it would be like putting Annie Hall on at like a college party. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> um, it's in a uh, troubling moment of the cartoon where the boy chipmunks have landed in the middle of the jungle and have been tied up by the natives and are in a pot. Oh, no, they're not. Are they in a pot? No, they're like tied up to sticks and they're about to be burned alive as a human sacrifice to their pagan gods. And they start singing and the natives start singing. And then it's this like trio of natives, crocodiles and the chipmunk boys singing Willy Bully. John, I know we go off on a lot of tangents in the show. If you had asked me, I never for a million dollars would have thought that we'd have touched on both the chipmunk movie and Mr. Holland's opus in the cold (laughs) open of this episode. And not even talked about the actual writers and singers of Wooly Bully. No. (laughs) Anyway, moving on. Immaterial. Immaterial. So yeah, basically, Paul walks through the living room singing Wooly Bully to himself, and it's like the silly thing. Oh, couples are in two different worlds sometimes, right? I love this moment so much. 
It is really? so perfect. So it relatable. Is so me. It is a microcosm of just, yes, she is doing her thing, watching a quiet movie. And then in comes this idiot in his own world, singing a classic rock song yeah. at the top of his lungs, interrupting and moving out of frame. Do you do this? And just, I'm sure that I do. That's fine. I do all the show tunes, I guess. Yeah. Do you have anything to say about the real song that I'm sure you know everything about the writers and the... I don't. I know there's a. Uh, oh wow! I'm surprised. I, this may. I can't. Sam the Sham and the Pharaohs. Sam the Sham the Pharaohs. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, there's the line in it. Let's not be L seven, which means square. You know, L seven. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's old style. That slang. is old. That is old slang. Yeah, yeah he's a real L seven, mm-hmm. which sounds like a level seven in like Scientology or something. Yes, it does. Like, it, it sounds like a compliment. Also. Yeah. <laughs> he's a real L seven. He's on a higher plane. All I want is compliments from Scientology. Yeah. That's... <laughs> If any of you are in Sea Org and like this show, please rate and review us. <laughs> you know I well, never mind. Let's <laughs> yeah, just say I live, I live around them. You live around I them. I live amongst Great. them. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what though, it really humanizes the whole thing. Sure. Because I live so close that I see a lot of Scientologists in their uniforms, just like hanging out, going to the coffee shop. Right. Going to the grocery store, buying like potato chips and then just walking around eating them like sure. Just like anyone. Just like yeah. Instead of the scary documentary version, you know what I mean? Yes. I imagine, Russ, like many things, the truth lies somewhere in the middle. And we'll be right back. <laughs> We're back on Charlie Rose. We're in scene one of <laughs> So we go that, that's the whole scene. It's very sweet and relatable and funny. So we're in the next scene. We're at the kitchen table. It's the morning. And Jamie's sitting at the kitchen table with two plates of omelets. And she looks a little lost in thought or... She's a little frustrated. A little frustrated. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I totally... I miss what... It doesn't matter. I, I thought it was spaghetti. And then... <laughs> and I thought she was like depressed. Like, I misread the whole scene. And then I had to go back and change my notes. You just crossed out spaghetti a bunch and just wrote omelet. Omelet. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Omelet. Actually... <laughs> Yeah, because also it's like feels like she made. We dinner. hope you like that peek behind the curtain, yeah. everybody. <laughs> I have so many specifics in my notes that are wrong. <laughs> Cause it's like feels like she made dinner, but clearly she made breakfast. <laughs> yeah. For, sure. For Paul, and she's waiting for Paul to come home. Mm-hmm. So at one point she gets up, she goes to the door to see if he's like out there and he's not. So she goes back, she puts the eggs back in the oven. Right. Because they're getting cold. Keep them warm. And Murray's in the kitchen. <laughs> Yes, just chilling out in the kitchen, (laughs) looking at the oven. Yeah, and she's annoyed. Yes. And she's like, what? You know how he can be. It's fun. We never see Jamie talk to Murray. Very infrequently. It's almost like seeing Frasier talk to Eddie. Yeah, almost. Yeah, 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 yeah. almost. Yeah. (laughs) Like Louie Louie almost. (laughs) Exactly. Thank you. I I get this parallel now. (laughs) Parallel to Louie Louie versus Willie Bully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a real Louie, 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 Willy Bully conundrum. Well, Louie, Louie, Willy Bully, Mr. Holland's Opus conundrum. Because <laughs> otherwise, Russ, that doesn't make any sense. I guess you're right. So the phone goes off. It's Sylvia Buckman, who we've only heard, not heard, we've only experienced yes. through them listening to her on the phone so far still. Yes. And she's looking for Paul as well. And we find out that he's out shooting. He's still, I guess mm-hmm. he's still doing New York at night. Yes. And she. so anyway... <laughs> In my notes, it's all these realizations that are obvious now. Like, I'm like, it turns out <laughs> it's breakfast. She's dressed for work. Like, I noticed all these things. Wow, you were, this is an expose. Yeah. <laughs> so while she she hangs up and then Paul comes in. Turns out they are married to each other. <laughs> Yeah, this man comes into our apartment. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know what's going on. <laughs> so Paul- He calls her honey? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so Paul comes in very like happy and excited and like worked mm -hmm. up. You still home, huh? How was the police car? You wouldn't believe the stuff we got. There was two chasings, there was a shooting, they let me work the siren, and they let me say 10-4. Mm -hmm. And Scruffy. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's he's like in his element. He has not shaved in a few days. And he spent like all, all night with cops. Yep. You know, he's like really getting like the gritty side of New York. Yeah. He saw two chasings, a shooting. <laughs> Which he says so casually, you know? Yeah. A little bit casually also, because doesn't he also say, I got to, what do you say? I got to uh, oh, say 10-4? Yeah. He got to, they let him say, they let him say 10-4. They let him say 10-4. So and he a boy, did the so. siren. Yeah. There's some about the, like Seinfeld and George get excited about the siren too when they're in the cop car. Sure. In Los Angeles. And our president <laughs> loves sirens, loves Oh horse. my gosh, you're right. Yeah, guys just love sirens and yes. cop cars. Fake, uh, 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 yeah, they do. <laughs> Immature people. Yes. Yeah. Boys, little boys. Boys love it. So it turns out Jamie's mad, which maybe you picked up on. I didn't. I don't know. <laughs> she no. She makes it pretty clear. Yeah, she thought he'd be home two hours ago. Yeah, and it took her an hour and a half to make the omelet <laughs> because the eggs wouldn't fold. Yeah, and then the, yeah, it's this very classic trope alert, right? Mm -hmm. Trope mm -hmm. alert. Yeah, basically, it's the why didn't you call and tell me you were going to be late? Except it's yes. for breakfast instead of dinner, which is a twist. Ooh, twist. A little. It is a good they, twist. They shamaloned it. One of my favorite versions of this is, uh, I think it's an odd couple. It might be the movie, but I think it's the TV show. It might be the movie. Is it the movie? When Oscar comes you in. You haven't said it yet, John. <laughs> Oscar comes in late and Felix is prepared to roast. Yes. And he's like, I'll get a saw and <laughs> cut the meat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. The odd couple's great. <laughs> So we find out, so they get into that argument and we find out, and I so, uh, boy, did I identify with this. We find out that he finished early and got breakfast with the guys. Oops. Don't do that. But also like do that. Yeah, I know. Like that's <laughs> so fun. Yeah. But understandably, she's like, you should have called that. But it's like he knew if he called, she'd get mad. Like, oh, oh, classic. Yeah. Classic situation. We are a couple of dudes digging ourselves into holes right now. <laughs> you and me? Yeah. <laughs> Why? Oh, just the idea of just being like, you know, it's it's always good to be in contact and to call and to check in. That's oh, no, always no, good. no, Russ. Sometimes. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, sometimes you got to you got to have your own secrets. You got to yeah. have your own secrets. <laughs> no, they can't know everything. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, you're like, you have no idea how many times I've eaten three breakfasts in a day. <laughs> <laughs> just to keep her happy. Because yeah, I love her, I love her, I love her. <laughs> <laughs> What's another English muffin? <laughs> oh, so they get into it a little here when she finds this out. We finished early, so I went out and I had breakfast with a couple of the guys. Fantastic. What? Nothing. I just have to get to work. You know, I don't really think I should be penalized for missing breakfast. Because in all fairness to me, you know, you and omelets, that's not like a pattern we've established. Don't worry, it will never happen again. And I agree with him. It's like you and omelets isn't a pattern we've established. Sure. But that tone, <laughs> new. that tone of don't worry, it'll never happen again. Also, like, right. very familiar yep. from my past. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. Not yep. so much my present, though, which is nice. We're both doing great, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and oh, so, like, didn't you? I don't know. Obviously, I was off kilter when I watched this episode. But what the way Jamie says fantastic sounded mm -hmm. so much like Lisa to me. Uh, yeah. You like, know what? Come to think of it. Yeah. Like my lizard brain was just like Lisa. I um. Oh, I don't want to tell you what my lizard brain thinks. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mostly about flies. <laughs> 
<laughs> most of my lizard brain is like, I'll bet if I sat on that rock, I would <laughs> become the same temperature of it. <laughs> this is so stupid. Which as long as it's uh, my temperature, great. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh. <laughs> uh oh. Uh oh, John. I'm in my head. Imagining a lizard with a collar on going, I'm a little hot under the collar. And the other oh, lizard being no. like, is that a problem? And the lizard being like, no, I'm supposed to be hot under the I'm collar. Okay. That's great. <laughs> Oh. My neck's supposed to be this temperature. <laughs> what? A, oh, just so you gosh. know, when I say hot under the collar, I mean I'm just fine. I mean, <laughs> oh, okay. So yeah, so there's a knock. So, yeah, it's Ira. Yes, Ira has gotten a haircut. Oh yes, you're right. You're right. There is no more party in the back. No, right. Yes, good. They must have done a he focus has, group. Yes, he has trimmed off the back of his mullet. Now he just has his receding hairline up top. And looks like a respectable young man. Indeed. But uh, doesn't sound like it. Well, yeah, because so Paul's holding the omelet still. The door mm-hmm. opens. Paul offers him eggs. Iris says, sure, and just grabs the omelet with his hands and bites it like a sandwich. It's a great moment. <laughs> so Iris says, we find out that Ira, we find out a lot. Oh, they're so good at laying exposition. Mm-hmm. Iris just says, we're working at the store and your dad collapsed. Yes. So now we know Mr. Burt Buckman works in a, some kind of retail store. Right. Which explains why he loves shopping for Jamie, maybe. <laughs> He's familiar That's with retail. Point. That's a good point. And uh, Ira works with him. Yes. Probably. Yes. So this is obviously bad news, and Paul becomes a bit flustered about it. Well, like me. By it all. Yeah. You both really porky pig it up. And then they have this great moment between him and Jamie where he's like, where's my... And she cuts him off and hands him his jacket. Yeah, yes. And then he's like, I don't have she's, my... And she hands him the keys. She's there. It's... Yeah. She's there. She's doing it. She's she's in... Uh, yeah, the whole vibe changes. She's in crisis mode. And also, right. yeah, it's just like, okay, enough of our silly little right. being angry about breakfast yeah. nonsense. Oh, we also find out Paul's sister's going to be at the hospital. Yes, yeah. we do. We're meeting the whole family. Mm-hmm. Well, most of them. I'm so nervous. Yes, I, most I of she, them. I hope she likes me. I just want Paul's sister to like. Yeah. Well, I don't know if she does, because I don't think we ever see her again. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so. (laughs) So we go to uh, Beth Israel on 16th and 1st in New York, Mm -hmm. which is, I believe, across the street from where Paul Reiser grew up. That sounds like it would be true. Because it's across from Stytown, and I think he's from there. Yeah. We go to the hospital room, and we remember Bert, of course, and we meet mm-hmm. Sylvia Buckman and Paul's sister, who yes. is named I for- Sharon. Sharon. We don't get it until later. Yes. But yeah, I spent the whole first scene just being like, sister is there. So I, oh, I call her sister the whole. Yeah. All my notes are sister, sister, sister. Yes. So Sylvia's mom. Mm-hmm. We know Bert is played by Louis Zurich. We covered him before. Right. Paul's mom's played by Cynthia Harris. Do you know who that yes. is? I do not. She is quite the theater actress. Mm -hmm. And a couple, I just, a good thing I took notes on this because I, okay, so you know how you'll watch eight hours of trash on YouTube for this podcast? I don't know what you're talking about, but go ahead. I will dig through theater credits for literally hours. Yeah. (laughs) Just to see if there's anything interesting. Sure. To me. So a few interesting ones. She was the replacement for Sarah in the original production of Company. Oh, neat. Sarah's the karate one. You know, okay. it was like, come at me. Yeah. Hi-ya. The little things you do together. Yeah. Great. She was Mistress Ford in The Merry Wives of Windsor with Danny DeVito 
pre-taxi and Reginald Vell Johnson as a villager. Wow. That's a little funny, like, TV. That is a, what a fun show. <laughs> yeah, right? Was this, a, did you find all this out on IBDB? You better believe it. Well, no. Well, the first one, yes. The second one would be the Off-Broadway database, thanks to the Lucille Lortel Archives, which is not a sponsor, but boy, would we be thrilled to have you guys. Oh, it would be great if you guys wanted to help out. Or the American Theater Wing. We're always Mm -hmm. (laughs) looking Mm -hmm. for... She guess Here's another funny uh, Mad About You crossover little thing. She was in Jules Pfeiffer's Hold Me, which I'd never heard of, but I heard of Jules Pfeiffer. Sure. With a little actor who played Mr. Stemple, Paul Dooley. Oh, neat. So these in-laws knew each other. He does other. everything. That's very cool. You know, in another world. She worked with Terrence McNally on Bad Habits at the Astor Theater, where the Blue Man Group performs now. Sure. <laughs> and that's since sure. 1991. Wow. That's how old the Blue Man Group is. Blue Man Group's been around since 91? At that theater. I don't even know if they started there. Wow. But. I had no idea. Guess who? I was- just remember them from Pentium commercials. Oh yeah, no, they go. Well, you know how you know how long you got to be a blue man to get a commercial to become a like spokespeople for a commercial for like a huge. Company? Will you stop yelling at me about blue men? <laughs> well, stop saying stuff that's so it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you idiot! What an idiotic! <laughs> anyway, you think that was just the first gig the blue man group ever did? A Pentium commercial? Are you one of your mom? I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I doesn't know how the world works at all. Guess this, though. (laughs) I'll I'll go. He was in the Terrence McNally play. She was with Doris Roberts, another famous sitcom mother. Oh, my goodness. What? Oh, isn't that? These are all so weird. I just got anxious thinking about the two of them in a thing together. (laughs) Oh, God. Also, she was a voice on Grand Theft Auto (laughs) Five. Cool. And, and this, okay, so there's, unfortunately, this is another, we should add this to our Paley Center list when we do that one day. Right. Because there was a show that I didn't know about called Husbands, Wives, and Lovers. By whom? It was, an, by whom? Uh, by Joan Rivers and Hal Dresner. Oh, wow. And it was an hour-long sitcom that lasted one se- 10 episodes in 1978, the lives, perils, and relationships between five couples living in the suburban San Fernando Valley. How cool. Isn't that crazy? I'll definitely And she it. was the lead. Ron Rifkin was in it. Ron Rifkin's great. And uh, other people whose names you might know, but I don't know. So I'm not, I don't, you know, there's okay. a lot of names, a lot of names, a lot of people on this show. Yeah. She is wonderful in Mad About You, and she is terrifying in Mad About she You. She is amazing. Oh, also, she she's the co-founder of a theater company called Tact in New York. They do a million shows at Theater Row and have great. been for decades. Yeah. Anyway. That's awesome. Paul's sister. I mean, oh, boy, I took too many notes. Yeah. I, sorry. But just quickly, Paul's sister. <laughs> was played by a woman named Randy Graff, who's another Broadway diva. Great. Who knew? She was in the original Les Mis uh, in New York. Oh, really? Yeah, not the English That's one. That was cool. the original, original, I guess. Sure, sure. Yeah, can you believe she, and let's see, Laughter on the 23rd Floor with Neil Simon, uh, uh, the original. One of my very favorite plays. She was Mrs. Cohen in the movie Rent. Okay, cool. I mean, uh, she's, and I found all these old yeah. videos of her singing Les Mis on the publicity tour. Who did she play? Uh, I don't know. Somebody. Yeah. It seemed somebody, like somebody friend. No, it seemed like it changed a lot. Like she, it seemed like she had smaller parts, and then she kept getting pushed up. You know, because okay. you know that show's so big. Sure, but I didn't know this. Phil Donahue used to have Broadway singers on. I don't think I. Isn't that, that weird? Either, but that she's on Donahue singing Les Miss. It's kind of weird, but also I, I feel like that happened a lot. Like if there it's was a sweet. show in New York, yeah, if there was a show in New York, then Broadway people were doing things mm-hmm. in the eighties and nineties. Well, awesome. Yeah, That's fun. we can skip the nurse. She's played by Francesca Roberts. <laughs> She's very good in this. She's very good, but you know, unless you're a series right or like a recurring 
Yeah. You're not getting to land a day on this podcast this week. Not today. <laughs> yeah. We talk too much about gum. So, <laughs> but yeah, so Sylvia. Sorry, human. You got bumped for gum. <laughs> well, we meet the family. We go to the hospital before Paula, Jamie, and I would get there. And we just get to experience the parents and the sister for like a minute. What did I say? What does that mean? I don't have family hair. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with her hair. She's so sensitive. I say 120 over 80 for a buck. Why make a comment like that? How could that make me feel? Fine. You have family hair. You happy? <laughs> you know what I don't see much around these parts? A doctor. Oh, one's bound to show up sooner or later. Some way to run a hospital. Thank you. We tried. That's all you can say to me? Without losing my job. Mm-hmm. That's a fun, terrifying dynamic. Whew. You know what I love, a- though? A good, picky Jewish patient character. Oh, sure. And I just, sure. I love, even though it's so annoying, I love the, like, passive-aggressive, is the doctor? <laughs> is, I mean... Is the doctor coming? Are you the best doctor? Like... <laughs> she's played so brilliantly, and this was a difficult episode to get through. It was so oh, enjoyable. Yes, it feels like Danny Jacobson's like, shrink was like, but what if you just wrote an episode? Yeah, uh, yes. yeah, yeah. For yourself. There's something, for yourself. Yeah, there's something very telling about the fact that the co-creator of the show didn't write anything, and then he's just like, hey, I'd like to write an episode. <laughs> hey, I have an I idea for a show. I know we haven't seen the mother. Also, unrelated, I'd like to write an episode myself, please. <laughs> Uh, oh, I also love how Bert bets what is blo- on his yes. blood pressure for a dollar. It's pretty fun. Bert, this is this the second time we've seen Bert? Yeah, because he was. That? No, I we liked him. Seen him more. Yeah, I liked him. Okay, in the, in his premiere episode, the first episode, uh-huh. I liked him. Here, I love him. Okay, well, I love. I've I feel, always loved yeah. him. You've always loved because he's Paul's father. Uh, so, well, I guess <laughs> that you just have a bigger heart than me, or you're more blind to uh, you. You more blindly follow that. Oh, yeah. uh, it grew three times when he said hello to Regis. <laughs> <laughs> so Paul, Jamie, and Ira come in, and Bert's first question for them. I love this trope too. This is my, I love these tropes, these Jewish sitcom tropes. Sure. First line: Where'd you guys park? So good, so good. Uh, and the answer is on He's First Avenue, which seems like a good spot. <laughs> yeah. So, not not good enough. Yeah, not good enough. So Bert starts asking Ira about the business, and he's like, oh, they sent us 40 pairs of golf shoes with no spikes. So we now know it's a sporting goods. There's a Buckman sporting yeah. goods store. There we go. So unexpected. Jews on TV who play sports. <laughs> Jews anywhere who play sports. Oh, let's not forget Hank Greenberg. <laughs> <laughs> Never. We never would. Uh, never should. You got to put a picture of him on my wall next to Rabbi, uh, what's his name? <laughs> <laughs> From the news. <laughs> what's his yeah. name? I forget his name. I know you're talking about. It's so long. Anyway, so. Yeah, the thing, I want. I have a name in mind for what the rabbi's name might be, but if you're a little off, it's Schneerson, very offensive. Something Schneerson. Was, Malak, Menachem, Menachem Schneerson. Schneerson. That's what I thought it was. Yeah, we got it. I was it. just like. I'm like, if it's not, then that's not cool. Oh, well, yeah, we're just gonna like, get the ADL just, after us. Yeah. <laughs> then it's just like, I don't know, Rabbi Menachem yeah. Schneerson. <laughs> we or can whatever. use the listenership. <laughs> so it turns out we learned that Bert hurt himself trying to move a pool table. And Sylvia yes. spins this into a nightmare. Of course, if he had a little more help, he wouldn't be lifting things by himself. <laughs> that's right, Ma. You know, this is all the result of a wrong career choice on my part. <laughs> What did I say? I said a fact. It has nothing to do with you. Oh, he's so sensitive. What, are you starting with him? You polish me off, it's his turn. You're next. Don't be so disrespectful. Then stop torturing everyone. You happy now? About what? You dropped out of graduate school to get married? Wow. 
Oh, it's a fact. He's so sensitive. Uh, every beat of this is so. She comments on him being sensitive a lot, and ugh. Yeah. Oh, you dropped out of graduate school to get married. Oh, and I love it. Just builds to a Jamie quietly going, "Wow, wow." Yeah. <laughs> She is blown away. It's almost like by... maybe she's never seen them all in one. It, no, it's not like that. It's not that she's never seen them all. It's just that the woman keeps topping herself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's endlessly You're right. You're right. surprised by Sylvia's ability to be horrible and cutting and precise. Yes. A hundred times out of a hundred. Yes. Ugh. I don't like this is the first time the cast is together like this. And the yes. ri- there's like a it really feels like a family. Like there's a rhythm to this. Yes, Everyone's speaking. Yeah. Sharon, the sister, she fits in very, very fits well. Fits right in. Yeah. And as like Ed, you can. Yeah. Fits into the family well. Like you can see her role in things. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, you know I mean? totally. Yeah. So Bert asks Jamie to get a match to light his cigar. Yes, which he has <laughs> in the hotel. Yeah. The hotel, the hospital. And Paul takes it, cut, says, he's like, no more of these pop. Yeah. So Paul, oh, this killed me. Paul goes over to talk to his sister, and they're having like a little sibling talk about their dad quietly. Yep. On yep. the other side of the hospital room, oh when Sylvia enters and adjusts the painting on the wall. She just walks up to the painting on the wall, touches it for a second, and walks away. <laughs> Just to get in their sphere and to. But be also busy. to be neurotic about tiny. Like, because yep. when we cut to it's, the wide, she's cleaning yeah. the hospital table. Yeah. She is. And also, but that's the other thing is that, yeah, Paul sees that and picks it up and is just like, okay. I think he says something along the lines of like, okay, it's time to do this now. Like, okay, right. we get it, mom. Hey, how are you? Right. Like, right it's right. time to pay attention to mom now. She's adjusting the hospital's yeah. paintings. Uh, oh, Paul. Yeah. So. She asks, yeah. wait, who's she? His mom? Does yes. his mom ask Sylvia about Murray? Asks, yes. Oh, yeah. asks how Murray is, and Paul responds that he's doing well. I'm doing fine. How's Murray? How's Murray? The dog is good, Ma. He's, he would have been here. He's running errands today. <laughs> and Jamie? My wife? Why don't you ask her? Because she talks to her regularly. I'm fine. Meanwhile, why didn't you call us? I called. Didn't she give you the message? No, she said that you called. You never mentioned that anyone was ill. I'm not ill. I wish you'd said something. Said something about what? Because what, what if it was serious? You're not a doctor. Look how she's still on that. <laughs> the point is, you should have left a message. We're six blocks away. Why bother you when she knew I could just hop on the LIE and be here in three hours? <laughs> He hates out running errands. Really funny. And of course, she spins us into hurting Jamie. Oh, vicious. Oh, why bother you when I could hop on the LIE and be here in three hours? Really funny. Oh, that sounds For like more uh, information on how to drive on the that's LIE what I was for thinking. three hours. Yeah. We bring you to our correspondent, <laughs> yeah, Mr. Gary, Gary Brard. <laughs> Gary, how's the traffic over there? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Eastbound is looking like a bit of a buildup. If you have tickets for a hypothetical Paul Reiser concert tonight, you better try it. You're not going to make it. (laughs) Turn around and go back home, folks. No chance. Uh, A bunch of tires are rolling backwards on the highway. See if you can stay behind them. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh my god. So, oh, 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 all I wrote was Sylvia is stealing this episode because she, everything she says Just is so walking away with it in her hand. Right? She's unbelievable. And I also wrote this, we don't have to talk about it now, but I was like it would be interesting sometime to discuss the differences between Mrs. Buckman and Mrs. Costanza. Sure. Because these sure. are the two biggest Jewish mothers on TV at this time. That is true. Yeah, and they are significant. The differences are significant. Uh, yes, I, uh, agreed. But both feel familiar somehow. They're genuine and they're honest. But, but yeah. also not like my mom. So I don't get... There's something familiar, a little like my grandmother, of course, both of them. Yeah. I did a sketch years ago called, uh, I wrote a sketch called Grandparents Jeopardy. And it was a bunch of grandparents Uh playing Jeopardy. That's funny. And it was very fun, very funny. But, you know, I wrote one grandmother from the perspective of my grandmother. Just, uh, she was, all the time is big. And, oh, what's his name? And I'm not sure. Yes, yes. What is the guy? And uh, that's correct. That's, that's that is what we're looking for. So funny. It was a lot of fun. And what is what's his name? Yeah, that sort of thing. Uh, Just like, oh, what's that? Uh, you know, who was in? You know, who was the star of James Bond? Oh, uh, what is uh, that guy with the, the, uh, the what is he? The brown hair? Oh, Russ. Yeah, that's fun. so funny. That's like the funniest so, thing you've, I've ever heard you write. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it only happened about 10 years ago. Like, I wish I could uh, see it. It was fun. Oh, oh and well. And my writing partner, my good friend Mike, he wrote his grandmother, and it was just like, oh, no, I wouldn't want to bother you. And, right. Oh, no, I'm sure... I'm sure whatever you'll do is just fine. And oh, I, I can't imagine like, that. But I was, me neither. Yeah. I was just like, I didn't know that grandmothers could be like that. Right, but right. I totally get it. Just the idea of a super duper passive. Yeah, genial. Quiet. Sure. Just, but not only, but like, but also still cutting in that way. Because oh. my, idea, my idea of grandmothers is big and body and Same. crazy yeah. and loud and that kind of hectic yeah. and neurotic jam whereas yes whereas this was a different i was like i didn't realize that grandmas could be like that that feels very mrs buckman versus mrs Costanza. yes agreed so oh an orderly comes in oh we mm-hmm. fa- we also find out there's a second sister yes I believe Paul's is she like, named? I don't think so. No, there, she's not. In this, obviously, she isn't. Right. Because I'm sure anyone who's seen this episode or watched it, this sister was not the one we remember. Right. Because there's another sister who's in it a lot down the road. I think she becomes a regular. I think so, too. Yeah. She's great. She is great. Yeah, this one's great, too. Yeah, right. I love this sister. I wish they both were on it. Me, too. But, you know, sitcoms, you can only have one sister. It's a rule. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone knows the classic sister sitcom rule. Yeah. One. Only one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so an orderly comes in, played by Valente Rodriguez, who's still acting all over the place, which was fun, but we don't have time to get into it. Great Paul's, work. <laughs> Paul's, Paul's sister is about to take off and head home or wherever she's going, and mm-hmm. they get into like what I call the real sibling off. Yes. Oh, did I tell you that Norman and Elaine got rear-ended? She got glass in her eye. See, this is why we turned out this way. This is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. I'm saying. saying. I think we're all saying the same thing. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye, sweetheart. Uh, the way it builds to it, this is what we're saying off. And this is what, uh. Oh, everybody's everybody's saying something. Uh, so everyone leaves except for Paul. By and the Jay. way, hmm. I think I've fully co-opted. This is what I'm saying to the point where when I hear them do it, I'm just like. They're stealing our sign-off. <laughs> That's crazy. It's not right. <laughs> that is, that is yeah. crazy is the right word yeah. to describe what that is. That's, that's far. It's like, uh-oh, Russ. Yeah, it's far out, man. <laughs> I got to talk to a professional about this. <laughs> uh, so they all head out of the hospital room. Mr. Oh. Buckman with his handler and uh, the sister and the mom, they all leave. Yep. 
leaving Paul and Jamie. Yep. What were you? And, you're so excited to say something. Well, I'm very excited because yeah, Jamie asks if Sylvia would like to come over for dinner. She says no. She Jamie Jamie is reaching out. Oh Sylvia right, says, Sylvia no, is, hasn't left. She's in the closet or something. She's in, uh, she's in the bathroom getting ready to leave. Bathroom, she, right? Yeah, yeah getting yeah. collecting her things or whatever. Yes, yes. And Jamie says, "Would you like to come over and join us for dinner?" So he says, "Why would I do that?" No, she she doesn't get that she's reaching out and so then jamie says well i think she knows what she i think sylvia knows what everyone's doing all the time fair and she maybe oh a a hundred there is no debate on this okay (laughs) absolutely no debate i'll take that note okay (laughs) (laughs) maybe (laughs) so yeah so she says you know jamie's trying to earn points with sylvia yeah and then she tries to earn more points by saying how would you like it if paul and i came over and spent the night at your place mm-hmm. so that you're not alone. And to that, she says, oh, that would be very nice. And then Jamie slash Helen Hunt turns to Paul and silently slash not silently says, shit, did this happen in your episode? I mean, we have the same DVDs. Did I you hear it? didn't go back. I thought maybe I did, but like I, I not enough to be like, oh, let me go check that. In my head, like this is going to sound weird. To me, it looked like she mouthed the word shit but then heard it but yes like i thought they put it in in post or something but also well that would be really crazy right i don't know why they would have done it or what but i know like she over enunciated it as though it looked like she was trying to mouth it so that it read for camera i have it right here audience one way or the other I hear her saying shit. How about you guys? Audience, are you ready? Um, maybe Paul and I should come by tonight and stay the night with you so you're not alone. Actually, that would be nice. Shoot. Hashtag shit, hashtag no shit. Let us know what you think. Wait, you did it over the thing. Oh, you're playing it live? <laughs> well, I'm just hearing it. You hear a whispered version. <laughs> you really do. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, our first Mad About You curse. Yeah, it, it looked. Thanks to NYPD Blue for making this possible. Yeah. Well, saying, did they say <laughs> words on there? Oh, yeah. They said shit on the air. <gasps> it was a big deal. Okay. Stop saying yeah. it on a podcast. I'm sorry. It's a clean show. The SH word. <laughs> that's that's the one curse word my grandparents were like, okay, saying. <laughs> it really is. So where are we? We're at Sylvia's apartment. That's where we are. Oh, yeah. Okay, great. It's that night. Oh, they're in the kitchen. They're Paul and Jamie are at the kitchen table in the apartment uh, his parents live in and slash kind of yes. grew up in. Yes. And they're talking about Paul's ride along from earlier mm-hmm. when he was with the cops. And he's like, what's the worry? If something goes wrong, the cops are right there. There you go. That's very good. a very good point. So Mrs. Buckman comes in and does another Sylvia thing mm-hmm. <laughs> about the newspaper that Paul is reading at the table. Yes. I thought you went to bed. I can't sleep. If I'm not going to sleep, I may as well be up. <laughs> That's yesterday's. I know, but yesterday was a good day, so I thought I'd relive it. Very funny. Meanwhile, your father's in the hospital. <laughs> Oh, I can't <sighs> sleep, so I might as well be up. I like that. I do too. Oh, and the the guilt trip about his father being in the hospital. It's it comes out of nowhere and is so well delivered and is just just sledgehammers out of this woman. Unbelievable. So Lisa's going to walk Murray and oh and yeah, and Sylvia interjects that Lisa is so sweet yeah. and turns to Jamie and goes, "You two are so different." I mean, whoa. that was the most on the nose one, and still somehow doesn't feel like a direct yeah. insult. Still, even though it so is, right? Yes, 
it's oh, it's exhausting. It's an exhausting episode. It is of right. She's she is a lot. So Jamie, oh Jamie is being such a good daughter-in-law. I mean, the fact that mm-hmm. they're even there is good yes and she then goes above and beyond absolutely to yeah. try to emotionally connect with this woman who's just firing daggers at her constantly well first she tries to make her a sandwich a snack yeah yep. and sylvia does not trust her in the kitchen a la no. doris roberts right and what's her name barone patricia heaton patricia heaton yeah so jamie makes sylvia a sandwich and she just goes this is a sandwich <laughs> just <laughs> insane but also <laughs> couldn't agree more right right like wait <laughs> When you're in a room with two Jews and a Gentile, I know who I want making my sandwich. <laughs> Otherwise, I got to give all the directives. No avocado, no arugula, no ciabatta. Get out of here. Uh, meat, cheese, mustard, rye. Boom. <laughs> Dunzo. So Paul takes over because he knows how his mom likes it, which is sweet. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so now Jamie really tries directly and emotionally to connect with Sylvia. Yeah. And the first time she tries... Sylvia just oh she's like oh I know how hard it, this must be it's hard for me to sleep when Paul's when Paul's out all night yes and she deflects that by making a conversation about their mattress Paul why don't you get a new mattress you must be nervous nervous about what <laughs> you know lately with Paul not home at night it's sometimes hard for me to get to sleep too how long have you had that mattress <laughs> Paul why didn't you ask Herb to get you a mattress I'm not calling Herb this is a friend's brother Herb sells mattresses door to door no car he just drags him <laughs> this is just a stupid gag that I love obviously a door to door mattress salesman just drags them Ugh. that's a very silly and very fun uh, so Jamie keeps pressing yep Sylvia it's okay to be scared I know if Paul spent the night in the hospital, I'd be scared. Why should Paul be in the hospital? He shouldn't, but it's possible. Paul, when was the last time you saw a doctor? Recently. And he said, the only thing that'll kill me is this conversation. (sighs) That's such a funny joke. God bless Paul, but also... Which one? He said, the only thing that would kill me is this conversation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm exhausted. Like, I don't even have anything to say, except I'm tired. Yeah, yes. Oh, man, it's rough going. So Jamie goes all the way for it now, like very explicitly, like you have a husband. I have a husband. We're women. Look, you have a husband and I have a husband. Uh, We're women. We're family. And you can talk to me about how you feel. I want you to. (laughs) Paul, you know who I ran into? Gloria Black. Mm-hmm. No one can see this because it's just audio. But before Sylvia starts speaking, she gives the most like she feigns the most like polite, disingenuous smile at Jamie to be like, I acknowledge what you're trying to do. I know what you're trying to do. And I'm not going to go with it. I honestly don't even think you have to see it. And I don't think you had to say it because I think that that, <laughs> that, that yeah, I'm sure you're right. Fake smile comes through <laughs> in strictly audio. She is so good. Ugh. Cynthia Harris, uh, my God, we should see her do something. I I don't know how many times we're going to get to see this woman in a lot. this show. I know a lot, but I'm just like, I can't. I need a three month <laughs> break. <laughs> uh, so Paul, Paul, I need a little bit of distance from your mother. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, we'll do the podcast. Is your mother going to be there? Yeah. <laughs> I just need to know how to prepare. <laughs> so Gloria Black was Larry Black's sister, mm-hmm. and he was shaving in the sixth grade. Oh, yeah, this is like a... Wait, oh, this is in the clip. Is this in the clip? I don't know. 
I think Gloria Black is later. No, it's definitely Gloria, right now. I just is it? in my notes I can't tell. Boy, guys, I did these very quickly. I think at like one or two in the morning, so they're a little nutty. Okay, but yeah, so he, yeah, she goes on this tear, like giving information. Like Gloria Black was Larry Black's sister. She was he was shaving in the sixth grade. And she goes, oh, he had a testicle removed, but supposedly he's right. very successful. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> at that point, Jamie excuses herself and goes to bed because yes. she did yes, everything yes. you could. And oh my Sylvie, gosh. Oh, and then ah. Sylvia does the most amazing oh! momming you've ever seen. It's just vicious. Does she and not like me? <laughs> like you personally? Oh no. Oh no. I see where you're going. No, right when Jamie leaves, Sylvia goes to Paul. Does she not oh. like me? Yes. Which is like yeah. Ugh. But yeah, then so Paul brings her the sandwich. Yes. And then she does a real mom job on Paul. Here, this is too much. Not, I'm not hungry. What? It's turkey. I don't want it. What? I'm going to throw it away? Put it back in the fridge. Oh, yeah, it's a sandwich. You didn't have any dinner. I, I don't want... I, I really... Oh, fine. You look heavy. <laughs> Eat it. You look heavy. Ugh. <laughs> Is it a trope alert if it is just about me and my personal life? Definitely not, no. <laughs> <Is> it... <laughs> <laughs> but I think it, I I trust that it's about many people. <laughs> I think you're right. Oh, so we go man, to... oh, man. Oh, oh, John, I sent you a thing. <gasps> yeah, you did. So we're going to have to talk about it real quick. It's so late in the game to be doing this, but it's too good to miss. Okay. So Paul comes out. We go to his room. And Paul is wearing this weird jacket with leather on it. Yeah, like an old 70s jacket. Yes. And he says that. Yes. He makes a comment that the thing about canoe is that you can still. Yeah, wait, let's uh, paint a quick picture. We're in Paul's childhood bedroom now. Jamie's Mm -hmm. in his twin bed. She's reading an old magazine from the 70s. The wall is covered in old movie posters. Mm -hmm. And yeah, Paul comes out of his closet in his pajamas with this like 70s leather jacket on. And he's dancing around his room in front of her. And then. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he says something. What does he say? He talks about canoe. Right. And he says the thing about that's the thing about canoe is that it sticks to the clothes or something like that. No, he says uh, 17 17 years later, you can still smell it. That's it. He says, you know what the great thing is about canoe? 17 years later, you can still smell it. And the audience goes nuts. They go nuts. Do you know what canoe is? No. And I see from the YouTube because Google Gmail has rendered the frame, a frame of the video you sent me. And I see what it is now. A cologne. I thought that it was a kind of jacket. So did I. Jen did a good amount of Googling and found that it was a cologne. And she found this clip, which you are putting in the episode and you are going to watch right now because it is too good. The canoe message. It's spelled C. Come on over. A. Alone. N. Now. O. Okay. Etc. Etc. Canoe. The man's cologne from Dana. Wear it. She'll get the message. Oh. C A N O E. Canoe. Canoe. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that nuts? What? I, first, it felt like a uh, not a Cialis ad. <laughs> Do you remember that ad with that guy with the smile who would play golf and everything was a phallus in the ad? I don't think I do. And it was called like a male extender or something. Great. Remember? And he was always really happy, like a cartoon. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, 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 yes. yes. That's what that flagpole reminded me of. (laughs) That's a good point. Yeah, no one could see this. The whole ad, he's just running flags up his sailboat. We'll have to share this on Twitter. because It's a lot. I could smell it. (laughs) 
<laughs> so yes, yeah, so that is Canoe. And Jamie is going through Paul's records. Or a record. Oh, yes. And she f- and a letter falls out yes. from a girl. What about Abby? <laughs> Who's Abby? <laughs> miss your face, miss your bod. Camp's over in a week. Thank God. <laughs> Where did you get that? It fell out of an Iron Butterfly album. <laughs> I don't like this girl. <laughs> I actually took Abby to see Iron Butterfly at the Westbury Music Fair. Who drove? Your mom? As a matter of fact, she did. You are just so boss. Why don't you shut up? <laughs> mm-hmm. I love when she teases Paul. Yes. You are just so boss. <laughs> also, he's always loved Gentile girls. Turns out. Abigail. Sure. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Westbury Music Fair. Again, I have been there. <laughs> Not a surprise. Was going to ask about that. Yep. It's in the round. George Carlin would always do shows there. Oh, interesting. Uh, he would do them in the round. But also, there would be children's theater shows there. And huh. that was what I saw. Oh, that sounds boring. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I also saw Toad the Wet Sprocket there a few oh, years ago. Oh, sick. <laughs> from the Friends soundtrack? Yeah, heck yeah. And probably elsewhere, but that's where I know oh, him from. I love Toad so much. Oh, so Paul gets in bed with her. Yes. And they start making out, just like mm-hmm. last week. Mm-hmm. And there's a knock. And it's Paul's mom <laughs> to come in and tell them that she's turning the lights off in the kitchen. So oh, if man. they need to go into the kitchen... They should turn the lights on first. (laughs) I mean, what an unbelievably written thing that is. Uh, amazing it's really incredible it's amazing it's so this is part of my life this part for yes. sure yep yep yeah and and, it, and it's so a part of my life in a scary way where i'm like i get it and i get i get why she did that D- yeah this i'm like be, what if they episode... thought it was on and they moved too quickly and tripped or hurt themselves <laughs> like... so you're you're on team sylvia i am this is the one moment where i'm t- on team sylvia yeah <laughs> Oh my gosh. So she leaves them and they they things start heating up again. They go back to making out. Oh gosh. And Paul says I'm feeling very encouraged. Yes. And Jamie says I can feel. Yeah. Meaning she it's can a, feel him, you know, getting a, a little good, pretty, uh, worked up. Pretty good boner joke. Yeah, and the audience goes Woo! nuts again. Woo! So things are escalating a lot, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, next few minutes, it's they're going to be full on going at it, and suddenly, <laughs> and Jamie, yeah, Jamie has pause, yeah, you're right. What about your mother? What about your mother? What if she turns off of another light? Who's she going to share the news with? You know what? What about your mother? What about my mother? What if she comes in again? She won't. Suppose she turns off another light. Who's she going to share the news with? <laughs> You know what? 17 years in this room, I have never gotten past this point. I'm begging you. <laughs> 17 years in this room. It's, that gets a huge Another one. Yeah, they are killing it with the audience right now. Yeah. It's also weird because I'm like, the episode feels like two episodes almost. Like this yeah, whole room thing bit. feels like totally different, tonally, like everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's interesting. They're, yeah. So Jamie's concerned so yeah, they, about the lack of a lock on his door. Right. So they push the dresser up against the door. <laughs> Which is a fire hazard, but I'll allow it. Yeah, right. Good call. Uh, so Paul <laughs> gets back into bed, and Jamie rolls on top of him, and then they roll right off the bed onto the floor. Yep. So Paul moves the mattress with her onto the floor, and yep. they find a Playboy. Oops. September Busted. 75. 
Paul remembers it because of the Henry Kissinger trope alert interview. <laughs> Adjust the articles Reading. joke. Yep. Love it. P.S. Did you know there was a website called For the Articles? No. Is which just has the just the articles? Playboy articles. That's really funny. Yeah. Because I, looked... I thought you were going. I thought you were going to say, P.S. Did you know that there was a website for Playboy? And I was going to say, hey, John, I did. Yeah. <laughs> like if I said it with the awe of like a like, <laughs> did you know there's a. <laughs> There's a website for Playboy. There's like there's naked women on this one side of yeah. the internet. On the internet, the <laughs> cover of the uh, September '75 Playboy is fascinating. Oh yeah, it's a just the torso and butt of a woman in like Great. old-fashioned pajamas, you know, okay. with like a butt flap, sure, and red striped like a candy cane, and okay. the uh, flap is open. I get it. Yeah, and the articles exclusive how Tim Leary turned informer, which actually sounds kind of interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Tim Leary, the, the yeah, the LSD the guy, guy. I guess I didn't know well, he turned informer. Me neither. It says colleges. You know, of- so <laughs> well, this is where we get to the uh, the punny part of the cover, which, Uh-oh. and this is where we just we realize that this is definitely the September butt issue because the three features are college is a bummer getting behind on campus, football's bottom line, and Erica Jong bears her mind. Okay, not that one, I guess. By the way, did, I don't know if you punched getting behind on campus, but there you go. I, There's another one. I did. Okay, well, good. Well, I well, I didn't. I punch it up a little bit. Do it again. Punch it up a little bit. I will. Next time. Next time. But this Erica Jong's interesting. She wrote a book called Fear of Flying, and apparently that was a very sexy feminist book. Cool. So she was a real figure at the time who pushed the envelope there. That's great. Jamie makes a really great pubes joke. Right? I don't know, really great, but eh, okay, fine. Yeah, she's looking at it, and she goes, ooh, she's a blonde. And then, oh, she's not a blonde. (laughs) Gross. So as they're looking at the Playboy, there's another knock on the door. She has come back. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> so now they have to move the dresser, the mattress, the chair, yes. <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> and it she takes has- forever. Oh, they have so, to move the yeah. mattress. Wait, what? They have to move the mattress back. No, yeah. they have to move the mattress back to the bed. They have to move the porn, the Playboy back. Yeah, back under the, the mattress. Again. Yeah. So while they're doing that, she's, she's razzing them through the door. Yes. What are you doing? We're voting. Yeah. <laughs> also, she's like, what'd you do? Hit traffic? God, she's so funny. And it turns I out just... she was just knocking to let them know there's extra linens in the closet. Ugh. Because where else would they be? <laughs> where else? Oh, do, but not to mention toilet paper. Oh, right. Under the sink. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you owe her an apology. Yeah. No. Sorry. So yeah, as if she, she'd accepted. <laughs> she'd appreciate it. I don't have the patience <laughs> to apologize to her. Clearly. <laughs> So then we go to the next day, yeah? Yeah. We are in the hospital. Yes, Lisa is there. Lisa's there. Just her and Bert. Very sweet. Yeah, they're listening to the Mets game on a little uh, radio. Mm-hmm. A little handheld. Sylvia's frustrated. I said no more Mets, which I understand. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's going to kill him. <laughs> yeah, so Sylvia, Jamie. They have legitimately, they have taken years off of my life, John. <laughs> they haven't taken this them. You've given them. Team. Well, that is, that is another topic for another <laughs> podcast on another day. <laughs> but... But you're probably both. We're both right. <laughs> yeah, fair. But yeah, Sylvia, Jamie and Paul come in and Sylvia mm-hmm. grabs the radio and Paul is uh, pretty uh, touched by Lisa being there. Yes. Not only is Lisa there, but Lisa has brought Bert a tongue sandwich. Yeah. And he's he loves he's so happy and he opens it he and he gets all ready to bite. <laughs> 
I had a conversation with my parents when I was a kid where I asked them what tongue was made out of. Right. Because I was, I couldn't believe, I was just like, oh yeah, okay, so you've got turkey is turkey breast and, you know, roast beef is a different part of the animal. But I was like, but this is just called tongue, but what is it really? Because there's no way that people actually eat tongue. And then my yep. mom was just like, no, it's tongue. Yep. And it, it blew my mind. I was like, that's the grossest thing. How did we come to this as a people? I had the same conversation with my grandmother. That's amazing. It's No, I think every second generation American kid with Jewish family had the same question, had the same conversation. (laughs) But what is tongue really? Do cows have crazy tongues? I think they're just big. They must be huge. that this is the closest I think that Jews get to being like Native Americans as far as right, using use every the whole, part of the buffalo. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're very much about like no, no, no. Use the whole deli display. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! And you know what? I, we won't get into too much more of it. But according to the other things, as far as schmaltz and whatnot goes, yeah, Jews eat a lot of parts of animals. Yes, but yeah, I mean all that. all peoples do. All peoples yeah. that had like that as a large group were poor for a period. Sure, learned, but like turned every part of an animal into uh, some sort of delicacy. I can't remember all of these things, but it's just like you know, derma, like is liverwurst. Gross. Yeah, derma. Oh, you know, because all these or foods are also sh- eaten like or a dim schmaltz. Sum. Schmaltz is something gross, but still, even in those instances, we're calling them derma and schmaltz. It's like, oh, there's the derma, there's the schmaltz, there's tongue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Everything has a code name. How'd we decide? <laughs> yeah, why'd that one get off the hook? That one, yeah. somehow that wasn't gross to them. <laughs> In fact, it's the only one that's called out. Yes. Yeah, it's not like pastrami's is... called like. <laughs> yeah, this is what I'm saying. Yeah. That is a legitimate, this is what I'm saying, John. <laughs> that, yeah, yeah, I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm, are you trying to make that catch on? Yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> he used it once. Anyway, <laughs> Sylvia grabs the tongue away from Bert. No tongue either. No Mets, yes. no tongue. No Mets, no tongue. <laughs> That's a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Granted, it's no niche. Mets, it's niche. Yeah. But I know everybody who knows me would wear it for <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone will think it's about kissing, but they'll be wrong. It's about sandwiches. They'll be wrong. <laughs> So Paul tries to stop her uh, from taking it. And she goes, I don't interfere in your marriage. <laughs> <laughs> and Jamie opens her mouth to respond. Who knows how she'll respond? Well, but Jamie her, opens she has her mouth. hate. She has daggers in her eyes. <laughs> Paul stops Jamie with a kiss, which is yeah. very funny. <laughs> so Lisa's headed out. And yep. on the way out, she double checks with Bert that he wanted a 2-5 daily double and a 6-4 exacto box. Yes. Now... Yes. What do you think that is? I think that Lisa is buying lotto tickets for Bert. Let me tell you something, my friend, because I know we Mm -hmm. discussed this off air a little. I had a hunch it was some kind of betting thing. I thought it was like a sports bet, but I Googled it. Uh Uh-huh. And it is a horse bet. A horse bet. An OTB. Uh, she probably went to the OTB. Secret option number three. Yeah. There's daily or doubles. Or kind of, and... kind, of, kind of you being right, because <laughs> <laughs> horse racing is a sport. Oh, yeah. Okay, this, I forgot. Th- <laughs> this is the one time that you're more right than I am. Oh, it's an exacto box, not an exacto box. Ah. 
The exacto requires you to select the first two finishers in order. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yes. The okay. exacta. The, then there's the trifecta, the superfecta. The trifecta. Yeah. You know those? Okay. Yes, I've heard of these. Yeah, things. there's different versions where it's like if you pick the first three winners, but in any order, that's a special bet. If you pick them in the right order, that's a huge bet, etc. Oh, hey, I'm going to jump in super quick. I was going to mention it later, but since we're kind of doing a little bit of self-correction, let me do a little bit of uh, external correction, which is to say some of you helped us to answer a question that we had in a recent episode regarding a reference to Murray and an Eldorado with a big hat. Oh, yeah. And Jen and also our buddy Mac Jackson Mm -hmm. and a few other folks. Yeah, a lot of people got it. A lot of people got what was clearly... Felt pretty stupid. Clearly, clearly an obvious thing. (laughs) A lot of people, not only did people get it, but people got mad at me. Yeah, they're, they're saying he's a pimp. Big floppy hat in an Eldorado, that's a, that's a pimp. Uh, yeah, I mean, if Obviously. a correction's coming, I want that tone. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't, was it Lisa pimping Murray or Murray? Murray was pimping Lisa. Yeah, that was it. right. Right. Oh, that makes yes. sense. Oh, guess what? That's yeah. very funny. That, great joke, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Man, we should start doing this on really obvious ones just to mess with people. <laughs> like, what are you doing in there? Voting. What did he mean? I, I don't no, know. What, was it November? What? Were they? Is there a booth? I yeah. didn't see a voting booth. Is his apartment there. a designated voting location? Maybe she didn't change her registration from Connecticut and she's got an absentee ballot? Maybe. I don't know. Well, guy, everyone, I'm joking. Russ is not, if so anybody, tweet at him. If anybody knows what... Yeah, tweet at Russ. He clearly <laughs> if, didn't get it. If anybody can make heads or tails of it, we'd appreciate it. <laughs> so, yes, thank you to everyone for pointing out... To, every, to all of mistake. our listeners. <laughs> you know how I get so frustrated when that happens, when I'm listening oh, to yeah, a podcast and I just want to yell mm-hmm. through the thing and be like, how did mm-hmm. you not get that? Yes. Yes. I was listening to a, a podcast once and I'm pretty sure they forgot the name of, uh, I think they forgot the name of, oh, uh, Mark David Chapman, the guy who shot John Lennon. They kept on saying it was Hinkley. Ah. And I'm just like, that's, that's a different Different shooter, you big dummy. <laughs> I do get them mixed up because they're about the same time. Well, well, then you are also a big dummy. Well, I would check it and I would never make a mistake that stupid on air. <laughs> oh, so Paul's wonderful. sister comes in as Lisa's headed out and we find out that she called their other sister to let them know what's going on. Yes. Yes. And that sort of gets Sylvia worked up. Look, that does get Sylvia worked yeah, up. Also, finally. Sylvia is always worked yeah. up. <laughs> so she starts, her and Bert sort of get into it a little. And mm-hmm. Paul notices that when they're, when Bert is talking to Sylvia, his heart monitor spikes. Like it's, yes. And his pulse rate goes way up. Yeah. Starts beeping real fast. Wow. Call your sister. What should she do? Wait for my funeral to tell her? You're not dying. Don't tell me what to do. Look at this. You want to miss your granddaughter's wedding? Oh, she's four years old. Is she really doing that to him? Fine. Take your father off the list. Are you still coming? I'm telling you. Well, watch this. Ma, I just saw Gloria Black walking down the hall. Where? Right down the hall. Gloria Black. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So he gets, basically, he has a fake decoy. When she leaves the room, he calms down big time. I really like Sharon saying, oh, my God, she's going to kill him. She's going to kill him and then come live with me. Yeah, yeah. So Paul's like, come over here, Sharon. You got to see this. Watch. I just talked to an oncologist, and he says you have to give up bacon. 
When do I eat bacon? When I'm not looking. Says who? Oh, my God, she's going to kill him. She's going to kill him and come live with me. Oh, tell me, what's the good news? Oh, you had a mild episode of angina. That's, not, that's very common, Pop. We give you a little medication, you'll be fine. Are you a doctor? Oh, no, it's more important he should make movies. <laughs> yeah, so then the doctor, I love... I love how even Paul, knowing a little thing about angina, somehow turns Sylvia, gives Sylvia just enough to turn into another burn. That is going out of one's way to But I also, I think about it a lot. You think about Paul's failure as a a a son (laughs) uh, all the time? No, how frivolous it, it can feel to pursue show business when you could be like healing people. Sure, yes. That is that is certainly true. I mean, I know that's not what she's going for as much. Well, no, it is. It is. <laughs> it is. It is. That's <laughs> exactly I, it. I don't think she wants him well, healing people <laughs> as much as the status of having a son as a doctor. Yes. And or the money or security or whatever. You know, the you know. There are lots of reasons that Paul is a gigantic disappointment. And there are lots of reasons to become a doctor. Yes. Sure. Russ, but how come you're not a doctor? <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> Maybe we should ask ask around. <laughs> If anybody we would like ask me our to mothers be a doctor. why we're not doctors, yeah. If anybody, <laughs> listeners, if any of you have an in, I'm 35. <laughs> I was not great. I got a two in AP bio, which is not enough oh, to gosh. get credit. Thank uh, and God. That was in the year. That was in the year 2000. So, if anybody knows where I can be a doctor, if anybody has an in, Ugh. that'd be great. A two is such a pathetic number. It's so yeah. mean. Yes. It, well, look, it's mean, but also you saying that it's pathetic isn't nicer. <laughs> no, but I just, you know face. we started talking. You you know we started talking about it because I said that's what I got yeah. right <laughs> <laughs> on its face. Though it's so pathetic to be like, oh, I got a two. <laughs> you know. Well, I mean, sure, but not necessarily. If you're saying, hey, uh, if it's a scale from one to two, two being the best, one being the worst, two is great. That's true. Yeah. yeah you didn't think of it that way, did I you? I got a two. <laughs> yeah. Inflection is very important. As we know. <laughs> so Sylvia. Oh, this is great. Sylvia asks Sharon if someone's watching the kids and she just right. dryly responds. No, I dropped them off in Harlem on the way down. <laughs> so we find out Wonderful. Paul's other sister is di- oh no wait no we find out Sharon's divorced yes J- oh in this like uh, I, the horror show of watching uh, Sylvia talking to Bert spiking his heart rate mm-hmm. sort of like softens Jamie and like makes her think about reflect on the morning or the day before yes the omelet stuff yes and her face just mm-hmm. changes and she you can see this like yeah. fear that she's like I don't want to be Sylvia yes and she apologizes it's a nice to Paul. little a nice little acting moment for yeah, Helen Hunt. Yeah. So Sylvia comes back into the room after speaking to Bert's doctor. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just talked to Dr. Shapira. New rules. Low fat diet, cut out the salt, and you start exercising. Okay, da- ma. Daddy, ma. Tell me I'm wrong. You're Knock wrong. It Knock it off, please. Knock what off? Well, you're aggravating him. She's not aggravating. She's aggravating you. Look at this. Your heart's going a mile a minute. It's a mile a minute now. Well, what do you expect? The love of my life is here. When I see her, my heart goes pitter patter. Oh, Bert, stop. Come on, give me one right here. Bert, the kid. Three bullseyes. Ugh. Yikes. Also, just the she's the just way Bert, so, huh? She's awful. No, she's just so vicious and precise. Indeed, just bullseyes is the right word. Where Indeed, just, oh, I know it's written, but I also know that this is how people can be. Just where every word is a, a well placed dagger right into a person's psyche for their entire lives. A hundred percent. Oh, lolly. You were going to say? Oh, Bert. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I, I, got, I think. 
we didn't talk about that part. The clip I put, it's all screwed up now. And I'm not even going to edit this out because I don't. it's too complicated. I, okay. There's a great scene, everyone, where uh, Sylvia is sort of... Uh, Sharon, Paul, and Jamie are standing in a line mm-hmm. uh, in front of the hospital bed, and Sylvia just goes one by one, like <laughs> digging each yes. one of them, and they just sit down together at the yes. same time, like they've all been shot. And that's what yes. Russ is talking about. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Which would have been a <laughs> great can... clip for me to pull because it's very that's, funny. That's just fine. <laughs> I'm sure they're laughing just having heard us talk about it. Uh huh. <laughs> However, the clip you just heard (laughs) was when the kids point out that Sylvia talking to Bert is actually aggravating his heart. Ah. And Bert is just so sweet. Oh, yeah. Yes, that part. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Bert is lovely in this moment. Like you said when we spoke earlier about him saying, my heart goes pitter-pat. Oh, yeah. Just adorable. Oh, the way he says it. What a great ringtone. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> that would be the best. Kidding. <laughs> she makes my heart go pitter pat. <laughs> she makes my heart go pitter pat. Okay, never mind. <laughs> she makes my heart go pitter pat. It sounds like Blair Witch Project with Louise <laughs> Oh, man. So they kiss, and Jamie's moved. They're all moved by uh, the parents kissing. Yes. So then we have this scene. We go back to Paul's room, I guess, because yep. Bert's in the hospital another night. Though, actually, yeah. he's just there for observation, right? They didn't do anything to him at all the whole time. Yeah. He's fine. I think they're just there again. They're just But like, why did he even stay overnight? They probably just want to make sure. Right. Yeah, sure. Make Make sure sure. they're making enough money off of this poor guy. Maybe that's it. This small independent business owner. (laughs) Maybe they saw how Sylvia treats everybody and said, this guy can use an extra night away. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, so Paul and Jamie are in bed again on the twin bed, and he's wearing like mm-hmm. kid pajamas, which makes no sense, but haha, very cute. Because uh, like he's a grown man, sure. Why would I he fit it. in his Lone Ranger pajamas? <laughs> you know, even well, if he think, had them when well, he was sixteen. Why, what do we think that maybe does he have like does he have like Benjamin Button disease, like where he's aging backwards? Or? I don't think so, but let's why keep an eye be, on it. Why would he be wearing those? I agree. That's not All the right, right disease, um, though. No. Well, I guess if anybody knows why he would be wearing uh, pajamas, let us know. What is the deal with that movie? You know what? I don't care. <laughs> is it just his skin or is it his brain well, too? It's it's all very strange. Like, does he start saying goo goo gaga at the end? No, yeah, right? He turn, yes. He, yeah, no, yes. He, he, I mean, he yes. By the end of it, he turns into a, oh, a, so ba- a like it's not an just eight physical. pound baby with uh, he turns into an eight pound baby with the face of a like an 80 year old man or something like that. Right. So it's is it just weird. the face? It's not the brain. I think it's also I don't I don't remember. You see it what was I'm not saying? Why is like the face? Movie. I did not like that movie. Yeah, I'm never going to see it. It needs it needs another work. It needs another draft. Yeah, it does need another work. OK, so. <laughs> <laughs> So they kiss, they turn the light out, Paul turns over to go to bed. Oh, yeah, and uh, the spoon, right? Mm-hmm. And- yeah, Paul says, this bed's so small. Jamie says, I like it. Paul says, how could you like it? She says, because you're in it. So, oh, aw. very nice, very mm-hmm. nice. And then Jamie grabs Paul's crotch. Yeah, they <laughs> heat things up, and he's like, hey, mm-hmm. you don't just grab there. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of the show. Very nice, soft, end of the sweet, kind of boring, unnecessary scene. <laughs> My very favorite kind of end scene is the unnecessary. I didn't like this scene. I'm sorry. (laughs) 
I <laughs> what can I what you can know, I do? How can I help? That is the right response. <laughs> <laughs> but you're acting as if you don't participate in this conversation either. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you have that opinion, Joe. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> this podcast just becomes you say something and I go, oh, all right. Yeah. And then I say something and you go, hmm, okay, fair, fine. Oh, uh, that would well, be no good, would it? <laughs> I'm asleep. Thumbs down to that plan. Yeah. John. That's the show. Congratulations. We've wrapped another one. We did it. Episode Boy. 25. As we said, right? Yeah. 25th total episode. We're in the thick of it. Yeah. I got you silver cufflinks for this, our silver anniversary. Wait, you did? What did you get me? Yeah. No, you didn't. Yeah? What did you get me? (laughs) I forgot. This is embarrassing. Yeah, I'll have to scramble today. (laughs) I have it. I got you the silver light bulb, baby. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's still at the jeweler. (laughs) I just realized. So I record this looking right at a lamp. So I can think of at least three specific instances over the course of the podcast in which my improv has directly been like, blah, 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 a lamp. And that's a trend oh, that is likely going to continue. That explains throughout. it. <laughs> oh, yeah. A lot of my pretty lamp-centric improv coming from Russ. <laughs> I stare at a wall. Otherwise, that's why you keep on talking blank canvas what there you go well no that's why you always have your great berlin wall <laughs> whatnots i stared at a, a half broken wall <laughs> wonderful uh, i actually well my shower curtain's made of iron and i usually do this from the bathrooms so. <laughs> <laughs> folks that is it from us thank you all so much for listening please do like and rate and review us on itunes on Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, we would love to hear from you. Um, yes, follow you us. You can find, yeah. find us wherever you find us. John, tell them where to find us. Find us on Facebook and Twitter, at MadAboutYouPod. And I forgot this until today, because I heard another podcast say it, and I was like, oh yeah, we have that. If you want, you can email us at MadAboutYouPod at gmail.com. <laughs> it's always MadAboutYouPod. Mm-hmm. Easy to remember. Universal. Uh, we have theme music. It is written and performed by John D. Ivy. Thank you, John. We have a wonderful logo designed by Mr. Nathan Diffie at Nathan D-I-F-F-E-E. Thank you, Nathan. Take it, John. And our sound is mixed by Vuk Yovanovich. Thank you. Wonderful. John, next week, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're doing <laughs> Great. this. Yeah. We're doing it. One I'm more not, time. I'm not about to quit what? at 25. <laughs> Glad to hear it. Folks, I am Russ Bader. And I'm John Marbley. And And this this is is what what we're saying. We're saying.